Welcome to Sports and Stogies. Now, introducing your hosts, Cameron Winklewitz and Austin Hayes. Because you were so lost in the moment. Normally, I picture it up. But, dude, they were so good. Shane can attest to that. They were very good. They were crispy. Skin wasn't rubbery. But they still were juicy. Perfectly cooked, still juicy. juicy. And I didn't think it was going to work, and I didn't do it intentionally because that wasn't how I originally wanted to cook them all the way through because I figured the skin would still be rubbery. But what I did was I put them all on the top rack of the grill and turned the heat up a little bit to try and warm up the inside so I can sear them to get that crispy crust or crispy skin. And after 10, 15 minutes, I went back out there and I saw the juices dripping off of them. And I saw it crisping up, almost like what, what it would do in like a broiler. And I was just like, looks good to me. I guess we can let it fly. So yeah. I let it fly for another 15, 20 minutes. They were good. I tried out that uh, wood fire garlic slash brown sugar seasoning. No, you're stoked for that one. It was very good. It was probably the, some of the best seasoned chicken I've had in a while. And then the burger, dude. The burger was phenomenal, too. Grass-fed ground beef I hand-pattied. Yeah, once you go with that high-quality stuff, man, you can't yeah. go back to store-bought. Hand-patted it. Still juicy two days later. Oh, Yeah, they were good. Seasoning in the hand-patty? Uh, a little S&P? Uh, salt, pepper, a little bit of garlic. Uh, nothing crazy. Speak my language. That's pretty much it. Good quality beef like that. That's all you need. Yep. Let the meat speak for itself. Got some ribeyes thawing out. Yeah, you had a whole big old haul. You got the other day. Yeah. Uh, if there's any kind of meat you got to think of. Yep. Still got pork chops. Still got chicken thighs, chicken breasts. Uh, those, I got steaks. I got ground beef. Uh, yeah, I did. I had a little grocery haul. Hey, pork chops, underrated. I love pork chops. Never get enough love. I'm not a fan of like, I feel like I ate, I, I don't know if I'm not a fan, but I feel like I ate it too much growing up, but like the shake and bake. I like that right now. I feel like I just got burnt out on it. We did, but I haven't had them in so long now. Because what I do now is I just brush barbecue over them when they're on the grill. And to me, that's much better than shake and bake. It's almost like two different foods. Yeah, but what uh, what my mom used to do, and this is probably why I don't like shake and bake a lot, but she used to hand bread her pork chops. Really? Yeah. She would go through with the eggs, flour, all that stuff. And she I'd, makes a mean pork chop. I'm here for that, actually. That way. Yeah. I'd, I'd give that a shot in a heartbeat. We on, yeah. We are indeed on. I don't know when I'm going to cook those steaks because it's my birthday. And You can't cook yourself birthday steaks, though, right? Well, we're going to go out to dinner tomorrow because Friday is my birthday. Gold we're going to go out to dinner today for you guys. Applebee's? Uh, something. Something good. TGI's. And then I'm going to go out with my dad Monday and my mom Tuesday. So you're getting a lineup right there. So then Friday, next Friday is the earliest I can cook the steaks. Uh, we'll do something at work over the weekend. Most likely. Uh, you pick the day. Probably football Sunday, if I had to guess. Well, it'd be Sunday night football. Well, yeah, naturally. 
I mean, I'll be there watching football all day, or at least have it in my ear. Radio. I'm, I'm gonna show up early, <laughs> off the clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll at least have it on in my earbuds. And it could have been birthday uh, cooking out at Stogie's. Their schedule is just a little bit different. Yeah, if I was six to six, I would have definitely went. It's gonna be a long day for me. But yeah, uh, nothing at I ain't work, done before. At least. I mean, even if, if you. I'll get a good four hours in beforehand. Yeah, I was going to say, even if you went to the event, like, one, two, uh, just try not to miss anything big. I got to get bright and early. I'm 1130, son. Yeah, that's true. You're probably going to help set up. Already volunteered. Got yeah. to. Yep. Uh, we'll get back to that here in a minute, though, because there's a show to do. So, Shane? Pour up that drink. Reach out. We'll, wow. we'll cut that. We'll cut that. We'll cut that. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's the second part. Cam has a start here. Pull up a chair. Pull up that drink. Oh, dude. <laughs> See, this is Shane really needs prep. He's okay. always the third yeah. guy. I am the third you guy. You throw him a curveball, and he's, he's swinging and yeah. missing all day. You can't do this. We'll go ahead and pull up that chair. Pour up that drink. And light that cigar. Because it's time for episode 54 of Sports and Stogies. Let's Cam. What's going on, everybody? Uh, hello, YouTube. Again. Stoked about that. Uh, and if you normally listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever else, Spotify, Google, Amazon, uh, still give us a subscribe, like, give us a view. We got all of our, we got a, some backlog posted. All the interview episodes are up. Um, but yeah, I'm stoked for YouTube. I've heard a few guys that have been watching or listening on Spotify that prefer YouTube more and have since switched to YouTube. If that's you, have at it. But as always, Shane, where can people find us on social media? It's going to be at Sports and Stogies on all platforms. That includes Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, Reddit, uh, X, or Twitter. There's no or. Nope, just I, X. I think there is. I do like that I can do that now. Yeah. Des Bryant. <laughs> Throw up the X. <laughs> <laughs> Tough uh, to make the uh, Tweety Bird simple with your hands. Yeah. I'm not good at shadow puppets. We already went over YouTube, um, all all uh, podcast platforms, and should be it, boys. Right? Am I missing anything? That covers it. Pretty yeah. much sums it up. But somebody is missing a brand new Cuvador. There's still time. There is. We are going to draw Friday night for our Cuvador giveaway. So if you have not gotten in, Get in now while you still can, because like I said, we will be drawing Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So get your last minute entries. About, I'd say 18, maybe 20 entries right now. Yeah. We'll do a uh, random draw out of a hat or uh, whatever app we use for the raffles. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll screen record it, post it up. Oh, definitely be on video. Yep. Uh, so... Yeah, be on the lookout for that Friday evening. For the first ever SNS giveaway. Stoked. First of many. First of many. And then Saturday, of course, I'll be at the final event for the OCM of the year. Our dual event, I'll be at Huber Heights at Stokey Smoke Stop. And of course, if you're further up north, Cigaro Lounge. I believe both kick off at 1130 until whenever. Great raffles. Of course, 100% of the proceeds go towards the guide dogs, and we'll have Sean Brown in Hubbard 
I know Morgan and Michael Deerdorf, and I believe Melissa as well, like the head trainer, will be at Huber. So come on out. I know we have like five or ten free passes from Wolfie. So you guys want to give me a shout if you can come out. We'll hook you up, buy your cigars, have some good food, hear some good tunes, and most importantly, hear firsthand the stories of what these dogs from South Southeastern Guide Dogs can actually do. It is phenomenal. And that's a big part of why we do what we do. Well said. Other than that, starting back up Friday after next, the 22nd, I believe, will be Poker Nights back at Casa Aficionado every other Friday. I'll be there for that. And then we have at least seven or eight players right now. Usually start around 6, 7 o'clock. But they come out early, smoke, get some food going, and to hopefully donate some of your money to me. <laughs> Looking good over there. I do think the uh, the keeps has worked a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm seeing improvement. There is some slight improvement here. I think I'm going to go back with the with the swoop to the right. I agree. It's your best look. So, You're what, a month in the keeps now? Uh, three. Three whole months? Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Just a month since I've been open about wasn't, it. Yeah, I was saying I wasn't aware <laughs> here. You got a little two-month head start. <laughs> well, with that, oh, what are you smoking on tonight? I have the Espinosa 601 Limited Edition Black, and it is a Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper with Nicaraguan binder and filler. Uh, very good so far, very creamy, getting a lot of like, uh, almost like your latte, like a nice vanilla and yeah. coffee bean Okay. Uh, with some gritty earth in there a little bit, but yeah, very good so far, very good dessert stick. Didn't realize it was limited. Wait, did they have you take the before and after picture for the keeps thing? Because they made my buddy do that. Uh, I mean, they recommend you doing that. Yeah, I don't think it can make you do anything. I haven't done it yet, but I do. I do want to. I got my next three months in. I think I'm just going to cancel now. Why? Probably I'm going to take it forever. I've, it's kind of expensive, dude. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I imagine any kind of product like that, it literally saves your <laughs> hair. How much is it? $7,000 a month. It's like uh, one thirty. For three Every months? three months. That's not too bad. That's a lot. $40 a month to keep your when hair. When you got a mortgage, bub, it's a lot. I would sell my house to keep my hair, if that's what it took. I'll, I'll shave it. I don't really <laughs> care. <laughs> your hair is a staple, right? I like to think so. And I think I could pull off bald. The bald beard look is solid. It'd be a really yeah. weird adjustment to make. It would be. But yeah, I wear but hats a lot. For people who don't know you, yeah, I don't it, think they'd, they'd be like, oh, that's just a normal dude. It's a good look. Yeah. 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 Even with your giant head, it could definitely uh, you should put a little shine on there too. Absolutely, get a little reflection going. Yeah, some some shoe polish. Now we're talking. Well, tonight I have the Don Pepin Garcia, the original Generosos, which is actually a gift or a, a trade, I guess, from our boy Mike Zimmer. It's a six by fifty Toro, a Nicaraguan Puro with a Nesturo wrapper, full bodied. And I got it like 13 14 bucks at most stores. I don't know what Mike paid for it exactly. But uh, so far, excellent draw. Good smoke production. Pretty even ash. I just tapped off my first one. It kind of went a little uneven. But uh, flavor-wise, definitely strong. Uh, coffee bean, like some dark chocolate cocoa bean. Mm. Um, some earthiness, some leather. A little bit of like the grassy, I don't know what you could really even call that note. Just like cut grass, I guess. I don't know. Grass clippings. There you go. Like that jelly bean, uh, <laughs> that yeah. one jelly bean flavor. 
And there's a little bit of cream at the end to kind of round things off. But overall, very well balanced. Good smoke so far. And paired well with our another edition. Number 16, I think, to the Scratch and Sip board. And we will be posting an updated board today. With the video post, yeah. yeah. With this, uh, this episode release. We have 1792 small batch, which is most places only limit one per customer. But it's only like 30 bucks. So overall, at least lately, much easier to find around here. Uh, huge hit. I brought it to Casa for the Buckeye Home Game kickoff. We killed a whole bottle there. Very, very popular. Yeah. The guy who brings the liquor, most popular guy. And then one guy brought in this, uh, this special, I think it was tequila. No, special gin that he got like from Africa where they only grow the plants they use in this in that specific region, the specific juniper berries. And it had African sand and salt that you'd pour into it a little bit. Actually phenomenal. Definitely interesting. Super unique. Cool story behind it. And like if you buy the bottle, they send you the salt. Yeah, it comes in like sand. a little, like a, almost like a little locket with a little cork on top. Around the bottleneck. And you pour it in the bottle when you crack it, or you pour no. it in the, in the well, glass? I feel they could do that, but we went by each glass. Okay. Yeah, just a little bit is all you need, but it makes a big difference. See, that's why I would almost go the bottle route. If you weren't going to share, I could see that. Just give it a shake here and there. Well, either way, I'm sure it would work. Because, like, you don't want to overdo it is what I mean. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Where if you pour it in the bottle and it mixes well... And you shouldn't have to worry they about it. They already give you the perfect ratio. Yeah. Either way, back to the small batch here. 93.7 proof. Uh, pretty secretive on the mash bill. It just says high rye. No age statement, but it's rumored to be about seven or eight years. Uh, for me, definitely vanilla, caramel. And I get some lemon also on both the nose and the palate. I definitely get the lemon on the nose. Yeah, nice little welcoming note. I've really not had that before. And I didn't get it. At, when I had it at Casa, either. But tonight, I definitely get some lemon going on. It's odd that they say high on the rye, because it's a very sweet rye. Yeah, I get, I get no rye whatsoever. A lot of caramel, a lot of good, gentle brown sugar sweetness. You get that lemon late. Yeah, the finish for me is more like that yeah. tart, lemony note. But I love it. Honestly, it's a really smooth, it's easy sipper. Yeah. And, and unique, and for 30 bucks, especially. Maybe it's limited because it's a small batch. They are a smaller operation, too. And I know stores get much smaller quantities. Man, that lemon really lingers it for does. a while. It really does. Hmm. I'm here for it. And we'll see how it opens up more as we sit here and, and talk a lot about NFL. <sighs> Week one. Where do we start here? Good news. Signings. A uh, little, little uh, stuff coming out from the NFLPA, that kind of thing. And we'll get into injuries. Back to our old routine. Oh, man, it feels good to settle right back in. New highest paid player in history. Setting the market again for the fifth time this year. Uh, Yeah, so it went, where did they go? Hertz. Hertz. Lamar. Kirby. And then so forth. Then Joe Burrow. Five years, 275. Surprised by the length of the contract? No, not really. Uh, I, 
I do think Mahomes' contract's kind of a unicorn. I don't think we'll ever see any other player get signed for 10 years in the NFL, especially. Especially at quarterback when the market changes so often. Yeah. I mean, they still got an absolute bargain with Mahomes. 100%. I think he's, what, 42 a year? Compared to Burrow's 55 now? Yeah. But uh, no hometown discount like uh, everybody was calling for. Yeah, so much for that speculation. T. Higgins, uh, see you next year somewhere else, pal. <sighs> Maybe. They can't pay Chase and Higgins both too now, right? I will say, if my Super Bowl prediction is right, I think you can get some players back based on we won a Super Bowl, you should want to play for us. Uh, you should say our Super Bowl prediction. Oh, yeah, you were part of that, too, weren't you? I got Bengals. Yeah. And both over the Niners, or did you have uh, Eagles? I had the Niners. Well, there we go. Shane had the Eagles. I don't think he had the Bengals. He had Dolphins, right? I had, yeah, Dolphins, Eagles. Yeah. Hey, based on Sunday, I don't hate that either. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, if they win, I could see some guys coming back for legacy discounts, but they don't win the Super Bowl, one piece at a time is going to be out the door, unfortunately. How about the new highest-paid defensive end? Mr. Nick Bosa. Holdout ended just in time. As expected. Um, probably just working out the finite details of that. Uh, I don't think – I was really never concerned that he wasn't going to resign. No, Niners are very good at getting deals done. And they're not – they don't really have a – a whole lot of, like, is Purdy going to ask for $275 million? After three rings, maybe. Right. But also with being the last pick, his rookie contract's kind of different. That's uh, also as, not even on their salary cap. Yeah, as far as how long it is, too. So it's not the full four years. Uh, I want to say two, right? Yeah. So, honestly, that's kind of better. Because, I mean, unless, obviously, if they get to the Super Bowl, then it's like, hey, I'm going need to a, need a little payday here, guys. But, Which they'd be fine with. Yeah. They don't, have, they don't have a whole lot of pieces that are, I mean, they took on Christian McCaffrey's contract, which was pretty heavy. Uh, Nick Bosa's contract's going to be heavy. But other than that, they can make do. I know Ayuk's going to be coming up for a contract year, I think. I think he's getting ready to end his rookie deal, right? Yeah, I want to say last year, right here. So, and then Samuel extended already previously. Correct. With his, uh, yeah, with his, uh, uh, what's the, what are those extra features? Yes. Incentives, with his incentivized contract. So, yeah, they, they should be able to get a deal. I wasn't shocked that they got this deal done, and I think they'll be able to get pretty much any deal they want moving forward. And, in all honesty, because Brock Purdy was the last pick of the NFL draft, I could see him not expecting $275 million. That would make sense. I mean, he's not going to reset the market when that time comes, but he'll be paid appropriately. Would you believe me if I told you the Niners have the most cap space in the league right now for this season? No, I would not because I thought it was the Browns. They're, they're close, but with the way they restructured some stuff, the Niners took over the most available cap space, which is just insane it's, it's to me. It's got to be like a million or two difference, right? Super close. Maybe even less than that. Sure. I, they've, 
the Browns restructured everyone. They've even restructured since we've talked about them restructuring. <laughs> Correct. Like I think they're they're both almost at like forty mil, right? Available cap. Yeah, I think I saw the Niners like thirty eight five or something like that. The Browns could be at thirty eight four nine nine nine. Yeah, I think the last I saw the Browns were at like thirty seven five. So right there with them. Now speaking of holdouts being ended, took them one week later. But uh, Chiefs and Chris Jones came to an agreement finally. One year, twenty million, up to twenty-five with incentives, probably sacks. Uh, maybe games played. Maybe games played. Hey boys, I just looked up Brock Purdy's contract. He signed for five dollars. It's a four-year, three point seven mil. Oh, it's, it's four years. It's four years, and his signing bonus was seventy-seven thousand dollars. Oh man, poor Brock. I would yes say, and no. Yeah. He is overperforming for a last pick in the draft. And it's honestly a shock that it, if Trey Lance doesn't go down, he probably never sees the field, right? The dominoes that just... Was, that wasn't the plan. Yeah, the yeah. dominoes yeah. fell exactly how they needed to for him to get in the game. And then come in and win nine straight. And counting in regular season. Ten and no. Or is it nine with... No, I think, yeah, it was 9-0 last year, so 10-0 now. Almost going to a Super Bowl if he didn't get hurt. And looking yeah. good in those 10 games. And why are we shocked? After two or three games, maybe, okay, give him bigger sample size, but we're 10 games in now. Yeah. And he's fringe top 10 quarterback. And two playoff games Yeah, that he looked good in. San Fran's loving this, man. They're not even paying him a million a year. No. No and wonder again, not so even going against space. their cap hit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they could really extend him for – even if they gave him $40 million a year, he'd probably be very happy. Yeah. Like I said, uh, I don't think he's – wouldn't a, be? I don't think he's a, a market-setting quarterback. But he could make me eat my words. I'm a big fan. How could you not be? So, Mr. Irrelevant playing like this? Arguably the best Mr. Irrelevant of all time already. Is it arguably? I think I think the only other one is uh, uh, I think Ryan Suckup, the kicker. Great long career, but a kicker. Uh, Tough to compare that to a but a a quarterback. Great kicker. Great kicker, and again longevity. Yeah. So I I got to see one more season before I'll let Brock Purdy topple that. Two years of Brock, eighteen years of Suckup, that about evens out. Yeah. Now, how about the unfortunate news? Of course, is always the IR. Not yet. Ooh, the PA thing. I did. I, did, I glanced right over that. Our uh, our insiders at the NFL PA that we know so dearly called Bleacher Report uh, sent me and every single other person in the world who has Bleacher Report and the NFL tab ticked. But most of the employees of Sports and Stogies Incorporated. Exactly. Uh, the NFL PA wants grass. They want to get rid of this turf crap. They want grass. Uh, NFL executives said there is no statistical evidence that says players get hurt more on turf, which has to be BS. Now, I think technically the rate of injuries is about the same, but the significance of turf injuries is yeah. much more severe. Yeah. I saw something. I mean, it made a really good point. So they can afford to change this out for, like, soccer games, but they can't. Yeah. Like, come right. on now. You know, what's drawing more money? There, there's no reason. There's real no real reason besides 
maintaining grass that NFL team owners don't want grass. No, I know we covered this last year when it got brought up. I know every single player is for being on grass, not turf. They all hate it. Coaches hate it. Fans hate it when you're losing star players. What's the holdup here besides a couple of extra dollars, if, if that, to these mm-hmm. owners? Maybe we see a strike. When does, when's the CBA due up? I don't know. Another like five years or so, right? Now, I think eventually, don't, don't wish to strike. Just give in and do grass, dude. Well, I'm saying maybe the players just... Well, I'm saying, yeah, if, they, if you're the owners, don't even If there's even push r- it to rumors of that. Yeah. Give it immediately. Just do... Even if you just do a couple, uh, slowly roll it out in transition. Next CBA is not until 2030. Ooh, well, hopefully it does not take that long. Uh, there will be a strike before then. If Mahomes towards Achilles, there'd be all grass fields tonight. They would have very quickly had a change. But it even cracked me up like, uh, I think it was Mac Jones. He like slid in the Philly game, and you could see all that rubber just uh, crap all then, over his uh, face. Danny Dimes, too. And Daniel Jones. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. They had so, a lot of close-ups of him with like just tons of pellets. Yeah, it's like that's, that can't be good for you. If one of those gets in your quarterback's eye... Like, that's – he can't throw the ball anymore. Yeah, he's out. <laughs> Maybe so, that's what happened. He couldn't see any pass rush. So you got to go out and you got to flush his eyes or whatever. You got to call a timeout, waste the timeout because the field is unsuitable to take rain or there's going to be rubber pellets that fly in everybody's face. We're, we're in 2023 here, boys. I know. What are we doing? And Even if you would think turf would have come further, right? Yeah, I feel like it hasn't advanced at all. No, the they're like – 40 years. We got turf. And they're like, sick, dude. Hired. I mean, I guess it used to be concrete underneath. I don't think it is anymore, so that's at least improved a little bit. But yeah, come on now. Get the grass. Kids' playgrounds are those rubble, rubber pellets, dude. Oh, that, that hard rubber mulch. Remember that? Yeah. That's brutal. Knee, knee killer. Yeah, you know what I like? The playgrounds where... Cause I, me and my little brother and my dad will go to the park right by their house. They have the uh, these parks now. They have like just a rubber floor. It's not pellets. It's just one piece. It's like spongy. Very nice. I'm willing to bet no kid has ever torn their Achilles on that rubber floor. If I had to guess, <laughs> I don't want to pull the dad on that. There's got to be one. But nah, it's kids not are, because dude, kids are indestructible. But they also fly off a of 50-foot-tall playgrounds. And then get right back up and do it again. And then further rupture their Achilles. I swear to God, I've seen at least 30 kids die just for them to get back up and be like, nah, no big deal. I'm back out there. You'll have to uh, talk to JB about his kid. His kid has no... <laughs> I've heard some stories. Like, he doesn't understand how severe things are. Uh, you don't understand consequences yet. Right. And he's told me some stuff, and I'm like, how? I think his kid's nine. I think he says nine. So I get it. But at the same time, like, it's like, oh, that's like, that's pretty intense for a nine-year-old to just be like, yeah, I just had to come home. <laughs> I feel like from age six to like 13, 14, those, those ages of boys are the most suicidal people on the planet Earth. <sighs> well, I mean, I'm just I, daredevils. I've told you guys about the the snake hole game where I, I broke my my uh, 
my arm and just casually walked over to the lady on the playground. I'm like, hey, oh yeah, I think this is broken. And she's, <laughs> she's like, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why don't you come with me? And I'm like, okay. I got a game to finish here, lady. Can you wait like yeah, 20 minutes? Come on. Yeah, dude, I have to go put my foot in that snake hole. <laughs> Recess isn't over yet. <laughs> yeah, we still got time on the clock here. It's fourth quarter. I'll never forget. Like, I was so chill up until I was just sitting there by myself in the nurse's office. And I started to stare at it. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is a little worse than I thought. Can I still use this? Are they going to cut this thing off? And then I, I went into the – when I was in the ER, they started touching on it. I was like, stop. Stop that. <laughs> it kind of hurts, man. Could you, like, not do that? Dude, that was horrible. Speaking of terrible injuries, now yeah. it's time for the Sports and Stogies IR. Long-awaited return, here we are. Starting with the big hitter, the one that broke all of our hearts. I don't care who you are. After that intro, all the hype all offseason, hard knocks, this broke all of our hearts. Mr. Aaron Rodgers with the torn Achilles, we have ruptured a, Achilles. We have a brief moment of silence. Thank you. Sad to see. I was very excited for this team. The saddest part, we already mentioned uh, his halftime apology, speech, but apology yeah. to Garrett Wilson. Ah, you can't apologize. Maybe even the saddest part overall, he was very adamant about telling Robert Sala and the, the coaching staff that he did not want cut block plays. Got hurt on a cut block play. Yeah, first cut block play. Got hit, taken down, and then second one. Took him out for the year. Uh, maybe his career. I mean, being 40 years old, torn <sighs> to Achilles. To back from that is going to be very tough. That's tough for a 22-year-old to come back from. Yeah. Let alone a 40-year-old. A lot of people are saying Dan Marino did it. Dan Marino was 32. It's a big age gap there. Big age Even gap. Even with today's you know, advancements in science and sports nutrition and, and recovery. From what I know, the game has advanced where quarterbacks are a lot more mobile than they used to be. So even just getting the mentality back that that didn't happen. Like, I mean, we saw it with Joe Burrow and his calf injury on Sunday. He would not extend plays with his leg. Yeah, we, but Aaron Rodgers didn't really expect – he wasn't mobile anyway. Shane, that honestly might be your legitimate worst take of all time. Absolutely. At 39, Aaron Rodgers is not that mobile. The best on-the-run thrower in history. That's Patrick Mahomes. No. No, it's not. It is yes, literally it is. Aaron Rodgers. No way. Look, Mahomes is great, but Rodgers, though, a 45-yard dot. But at 40 years old, we're not expecting Aaron Rodgers to run around like that. Not to the way he used to do, but yeah. he's still very capable. Not anymore. I mean, not currently, but... yeah. It's unfortunate. And I mean, Kevin Durant's like, what, 35? Okay. Completely tornadoes. different. I'm just talking about athletes coming back from a torn Achilles in general. At least try and compare like, at least the same sport. I would say in this segment, I did not expect to mention Kevin Durant I whatsoever. Was just, I was just thinking of athletes that have done it and they're older. And you really can't. That was like the closest I could come up with. So our best hope now is that he's Coach Rogers. Mentor Wilson. And just somehow does a miracle work with Zach Wilson. He didn't look completely terrible. They made the proper play calls for him. 
Uh, Stuck to the run game. Had him throw short passes. Even his short to medium is pretty solid. Yeah, let him build a little more confidence. Hopefully he can settle down that decision-making. That's his thing. More... He's very sporadic in the pocket, it seems like. Yeah. Just got to settle down a doesn't, little doesn't bit. Doesn't look comfortable. Which, in that moment, I totally get. Opening week at Agreed. home on a special night where you didn't expect to play at all. Agreed. But all teammates said on the bench after the injury, he was kind of rallying guys, show some leadership. Which That's is positive. what he has not done ever. That's very promising to see. Who would have guessed career resurgence, Zach Wilson? Redemption starts right now. Not great for my boy Garrett Wilson, though. Uh, yeah. So so we'll Rogers, touch on that more in fantasy. Talk. Aaron Rodgers out for the year. Very unfortunate. Uh, on the same note, J.K. Dobbins also ruptured his Achilles. And for me, also, just as sad. After the ACL tear last year. Has not. You hate to see it. Yeah, it's just like Greg like Oden. Young, promising a, star. To use a basketball analogy like Shane Wood. Yeah. Well, I mean, J.K. Dobbins wasn't even that mobile. Oh. He was just a running back, yeah, dude. Yeah, terrible, dude. <laughs> what are you asking to do? Now, thankfully, he got that rookie contract. Made a little cash. And hopefully he comes back. Uh, I can't imagine he'll ever be what he was after the knee injury and now the Achilles. Yeah, I don't know. And then again, like you said, like mentally, how do you, how do you reconcile that twice? Like you recover from the knee, which is devastating. Back on the field, feeling good, excited, and then again, week one. I think it was on a decent run too. I didn't see the actual play. I think the run was like a nice, nice pickup. He was heading out of bounds. I don't know if he just stopped on it wrong or, yeah, early in the game. Not as early as Aaron Rodgers, but still relatively early. Um, just hate to see season-ending injuries. And we've got one more to talk about, season-ending. It's home for you. Jack Conklin, ACL, MCL, both of them torn. Double whammy. Starting right tackle? I believe so. I always get... The right and left mixed up? I just say O-line. <laughs> That's fair. They, they move around sometimes. Yeah. Starting O-lineman, Jack Conklin. Uh, the only one that's in, been burned into my brain is Joe Thomas, left tackle. Well, after, uh, what, 16 years of that? That'll get imprinted pretty easily. Any relation to Tyler Conklin? Or is that just coincidence? I think that's got to be coincidence. I just wondered, you know, maybe. Maybe long-lost brothers. Tyler Conklin, not on the injury report. Not yet. Hopefully stays off it. Uh, in other news, Cup goes to the IR. He's out four games minimum. Uh, Cam Hayward, uh, I know you said you were going to pull up more on that. Yeah, groin surgery. Already underwent. No clear timetable. They're hoping six weeks. Could be longer. Uh, their defense needs it. I mean, that's all pro right there. Kind of anchor of that line. Vet. And uh, <laughs> definitely could have used them much more on, uh, on Sunday. And we got Kenneth Gainwell and Bradbury for the Eagles. Yeah, only the official two out so far because it is so early in the week. Yeah. They're the Thursday night game. So fantasy-wise, if you plan on starting Kenneth Gainwell, set your lineup back. Hopefully that means Swift gets the ball more. Maybe Boston Scott. Should, again. If you handcuffed one of those guys, throw him in there or don't. Definitely good for production. Should be. Although Sirianni's had 
if Swift Swift's going to have big games, Swift's going to have games just like where he only gets two touches. It's just how we run our offense. Yeah, I saw the exact quote. He also said, uh, I can't have a game where he only gets two touches. And a lot of Eagles fans said last year, after week one when Devontae Smith touched the ball twice, he said the same thing. Next two weeks he touched the ball like 30 times. So he might actually be good at addressing things like that. And Correct. putting a game plan in for the next week, especially with Gainwell being out now. I mean, he has to touch the ball more. Uh, theoretically, he is your RB2. So now he's your RB1, and Scott moves up to the RB2. So should see a snap share in Swift's favor. Um, in my opinion, a better pass catching back than Scott. So maybe we see him more in the receiving game and less in the run game. Let Scott get big explosive runs. Let Swift be the third down back goal line guy and then be in the pass game for up the field. I wouldn't hate that as a fantasy owner specifically. Either way, it's a rib injury for Gainwell. Shouldn't be anything long-term, but is out this week. And then uh, Bradbury's in concussion protocol. Again, should be back in week three. <coughs> um, any news on Travis Kelsey? I know he, he was supposed to practice today, but I never heard he yeah, didn't. No, no confirmation one way or the other. Yeah, I never heard he didn't, but I never heard he did. I'm going to assume he plays week two. That's my assumption. I know he wanted to go week one. Felt good enough. Team said, hey, let's take it easy here. So Kelsey probably back in. Uh, I know Mark Andrews practiced today. Uh, I believe Darren Waller did not practice. And his injury has turned into a nerve issue. Yeah, it didn't sound uh, – it sounded a little worrisome the way uh, he said that. Well, I feel like the nerve is better than the actual hamstring. Yeah. So I can't find anything – oh, wait, hold on. Uh, yeah, he practiced today. Who? Kelsey. Good. Good news. Yeah. Great news. Thank you, Shane. Well Finally. Done. Well done, Pinecone. What you're here for. Finally doing your job. Now, now, this guy probably should be an out and not questionable – it's not officially ruled yet, but Deontay Johnson looks like four weeks for his hamstring. Uh, that's what the, what, what the word down the grapevine is. By the time this comes out, he might officially be out. Be ruled out, yeah. Um, but for now, just still technically questionable. Uh, Eckler, questionable with his ankle. Uh, Staley said expected to play. Shouldn't be anything long-term or more severe. And it helps having Josh Kelly to carry the ball 15 times. Yeah. Take some of that load off of Eckler. Eckler did have a big explosive run, though. He did. They both did. And that's just... Looked like uh, Eckler in Cleveland last year. Yeah, unfortunately. No, I think he ended that game with like 600 yards. <laughs> it, was, it was close. It was in the ballpark. Then you got uh, in Green Bay, both Christian Watson and Aaron Jones dealing with hamstring injuries. Again, shouldn't hold him out this week. Yeah, I believe... Uh, I know Aaron Jones did not practice today. As of Wednesday, uh, rehab it up. I believe Watson was limited in practice. I don't think he was fully out of practice. So work him back in. Finally, hopefully we get to see the Christian Watson-Jordan Love connection debut. Love Romeo Dobbs. Two tutties. So I'm excited for the Packers offense. And I said that preseason. I think Jordan Love's going to look pretty good. Only guy yeah. week one with three touchdowns, no turnovers. Yeah. Again, against the Bears, to be fair. But overall, looked uh, very confident, very poised. <laughs> Bless you, Shane. Thank you. And then last but not least, we'll go to Miami with both Waddle and Raheem Mostert. Waddle has an oblique injury. 
Uh, they've not set an official timeline. I believe he was limited in practice. Uh, Mostert with a need did not practice today. So hopes, high hopes for Waddle. Um, knee injuries need catered to a little more. Um, so Mostert probably out week two. But with their depth in the backfield. Play it safe. Yeah. Definitely just play it safe. But uh, for you fantasy guys, as always, watch your lineups. Pay attention. Don't leave an injured guy in there. You got Adams. Devontae Adams did not practice with a foot injury. Um, hopefully nothing significant. Maybe a case of the old Michael Thomas turf toe. Oh, easy now. But the Raiders look good. So I don't think he'll be uh, carrying it on. I think he'll be back on the field as soon as possible. Also, no injury history there. Yeah. He's always been a – So he should be kind of ready, to, ready to play. Uh, Brandon Cooks with a knee injury also did not practice. A little older, a little more concerned there, but nothing serious from what has been spoke of. Should be ready to go week two. I think just kind of a small tweak on a wet field. Hopefully no big deal. Not too concerned about that in the long run. Is that it for the first IR of the year? It is. Week one was a little wild. Interesting. Uh, some good, some bad. A lot of bad, actually. A little too much bad, which I think is a byproduct of people not playing preseason. Yeah, I don't know what this whole... Starters not getting any field time. We don't need no, any uh, reps. No time to gel. Especially, I feel like there were a lot of conference and divisional games played. And if you know that's coming up, those are very important games. Crucial. Especially for playoff seating down the road. So, not really sure what these coaches are thinking. You might forget about it in 17 weeks, but a week one loss to a division team might very well come back and bite you. So, we'll start with opening night, Chiefs-Lions. Shane? Thoughts on that game? I assume it surprised you like it did all of us. I don't think I've ever seen a wide receiver single-handedly lose a game like Kadarius Toney. Uh, one of the worst games I've ever witnessed by a wideout. Yeah. One catch for one yard, one rush for negative one yard, and four drops, one of which led to a defensive touchdown. Man, that drop was so bad. He had it and then threw it to the other team. I mean, they were all egregious, but that one especially was a yeah. perfect throw. I think you could have caught that. I think One-handed, probably. I think a man with one hand probably could have caught that. Well, there's no need to bring the handy capable into this. It's kind of messed up. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> just saying, uh, very... That's a drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give it back down. <laughs> Not this week, boy. Not this week. Uh, I agree, but I also feel like catching is something that's very easy to correct. Um, his drops made everyone overlook how well he actually played as far as Getting route open. separation. Uh, his routes are crisp. He is fast. His separation is insane. I uh, truly don't think we have anything to worry about from him for the future. Not to this degree. Uh, maybe just being phased back into the offense yeah, might be a question mark. Getting uh, Mahomes' confidence back in him. And uh turns out Kelsey's relatively important to this offense, just a little bit. There were a lot of times Mahomes seemed like he didn't know what to do. Because usually you look and you see Kelsey getting open somewhere. Yeah. Because they that, have the best chemistry in football. Oh, yeah. 
And there was a lot of times where he would sit in the pocket for four or five seconds. It would collapse. He would go extend the play like Mahomes does. He's looking downfield. He doesn't have any safety nets. Uh, Utilized Noah Gray and uh, Blake Bell. Correct, yep. Pretty good, and they both looked very good. Um, But it was a different Mahomes we saw out there week one than what we're used to seeing. Uh, Concerned long run? I don't think so whatsoever. Especially when Kelsey does come back, hopefully this week. Uh, But I was most impressed by the Chiefs' defense, actually. Even without Chris Jones. Secondary played very well. Front seven played pretty well. Their pass rush impressed me a lot. Yeah, against a very good line's O-line. Yeah, they did not look like the uh, bottom or 28th overall pass rush without Chris Jones like they have been in the past. So maybe that kind of inclined Chris Jones to sign. You know, hey, I saw how good they played. I want to be back part of this again. Yeah. So, but yeah, the defense looked good. Again, offense was very shaky. And we saw Mahomes we're not used to seeing. Uh, in my opinion, Kadarius Tony, he's going to be fine. He's got to build up confidence. I'm sure he's only doing catching drills because uh, everything else was spectacular. That's been his whole career, really. I mean, he's a great route runner, like you said, very quick, very naturally gifted. But even last year, hands were a bit of a question. But like you mentioned, probably the easiest thing to fix. In my opinion. You can't fix getting open. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot harder to fix a bad route runner than it is a guy who drops a couple balls, in my opinion. Again, I'm not a, a sports trainer. I'm not well, a coach. not yet. Uh, I don't know what all goes into that, but in my opinion, if you put him in front of one of those uh, football launchers for about three hours a day, that'll probably fix it. Maybe two a days, three in the morning, three at night. Something. Double down there. Uh, but not to wear anything from the Lions. Lions went in there. Hostile environment. Uh, again, looked unshakable. Golf very looked very good. good. Play calling was solid. Same old Lions, even with two new running backs. I think utilized the same way they utilized Williams and Swift last year. Montgomery's definitely the goal line dude. Third down back. But Gibbs looks very good out of the backfield very catching explosive. balls. And yeah, the big playability is so obvious. Curious to see... It should shift in his direction, the snap count, snap share, but it may not. Who knows? I just know once again I love Dan Campbell. Uh, Post game, he said, uh, "I wasn't surprised. We expected this. Come on, we're the Detroit Lions, bro." Biggest other surprises in Week One, either good or bad. Bengals Browns. We're just gonna go down the line here with a full Week One recap. Because we did not pick a game of the week. We have games of the week for week two. We're going to go full week one recap. Bengals, Browns, bad weather. Definitely played a factor on bo- for both teams. Uh, Watson in the second half looked a lot better than he did in the first. So glad to see that. Glad to see them taking shots downfield. We did not see that at all last year in the six games he played. But you expected that coming in. Yes. That they would definitely make that a focus. Yeah, and they did. Uh, which ultimately led to a drop, unfortunately. But again, it happens. It was very rainy. Uh, ball was slick. Honestly, in my opinion, they probably passed too much for the weather. But you got Nick Chubb back there. On both teams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 29 for Watson and 31 for Burrow. 
in a horrible weather game. Ultimately, 24-3, Browns victory. As Burrow, expected. 82 yards. That team, the whole offense just was not clicking. Now, granted, their O-line also wasn't clicking either. Uh, that's an understatement. <laughs> Burrow had no time in the pocket, as we've seen kind of as expected at this point, I guess. But then you mentioned also, where before he would scramble for three, four, five yards? Nothing. He spiked a few balls. He did. And that that shocked me the most, I think. I've There's not a lot of times where you see a quarterback just spike the ball. Totally give up on a play. When you have clearly, visibly, three to four, five, maybe even up to ten yards to gain right there. I mean, even Brady would scramble that out. Well, the GOAT, of course, is going to do GOAT things. Uh, Nick Chubb, 18 for 106. Drum four fifteen carries. I assume most of those were late with a big lead already. Yeah. Except one that resulted in a fumble in the red zone pretty early on. Uh, again, it was rainy. It yeah. happens. Uh, he didn't even try to protect the ball. No? It was just a full, full-blown fumble. And uh, I know you're most excited about Miles Garrett lining up at nose tackle sometimes. Jim Schwartz is a magic man on the defense. As bad as Joe Woods was, Jim Schwartz is as good. Yes. Just to be that creative where you're putting your tackles on the outside and your ends on the inside, uh, there's no center in the league that can stop Miles Garrett. At what point in training camp or preseason do you think Schwartz is like, hey, Miles, come here real quick. You want to uh, line up in the nose? Uh, he loved it. Of course he would. He didn't even do like traditional lineups a lot. Like there was one time he was like practicing his dribble moves as like a taunt, <laughs> and he just com- I think it was for the sack, the one sack he had. I believe so. And he just completely blew, ran right past the center, right into Joe Burrow, just took him down. That's your DPOY right there. It's looking good. Uh. Very excited to see how creative the defense can be. The secondary played great. Uh, T. Higgins, eight targets, no catches. Denzel Ward ate him up. Uh, So much so, I believe the first couple targets to Chase were broken up by Ward. They did not play Chase again on the right side for the rest of the game. It was just T. Higgins over there. That's a testament right there. Yeah. But... I will say, Zach Taylor made it easy on our secondary because they did not look over the middle of the field at all. I don't understand that Which either. is odd because yeah. our linebackers are our weakest point on defense. Yeah. And they killed these flat routes over the middle. Yeah. That's where all their big yak plays come from. Yeah, they were doing out routes all day. I don't know why. Well, you mentioned it. <laughs> Zach Taylor. Yeah, that was terrible scheme. Terrible game planning. Uh, on to the next one. Texans. Let's talk. Yeah, let's go. We've got three rookie quarterbacks right here in a row. Texans, Ravens. Stroud looked good. Uh, team struggled as we pretty much expected. Um, but definitely some solid takeaways from his game specifically. Uh, Nico Collins looks good. Robert Woods looks like his old self. 10 targets for him, 11 for Nico Collins. Um, overall. Kind of how you expected the game to go. Uh, Ravens didn't look great offensively. Yeah, if anything, I was impressed by the Texans' defense. Which, again, week one, a lot of offenses really didn't gel. But good showing for the Texans' D. Especially against a firepower offense like the Ravens. Uh, My big takeaway there from the Baltimore offense, though, which we'll touch on more here later, 
Zay Flowers. Big time. Love it a lot. I do too. Love it a whole lot for a guy that has, I think, three shares of him. I also have, I think, at least two. The overall Stroud, 28 for 44, but they were down, so of course we're going to throw, throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, 242, did take five sacks. Which is tough. Yeah, again, not. I didn't watch everything, and maybe not all his fault. I don't, Ravens line is solid. Defensively, very good team. But no turnovers. Which is... And from what I saw, much improved footwork. Yes. Would like to see him scramble a little bit. I know he did a little bit in college. Not until the very last game. Not that a was lot. one thing that was, we kept knocking on him for. Like, dude, you have open lanes. Just run a little bit. But I would love to see what he is capable of. I think he's capable. Maybe it's just a confidence thing. But he looked good doing it in the last game that he played at OSU. Maybe we need D'Amico Ryans to get in his head a little bit. Like, hey, man, you know, you got the green light. Make the plays happen if you feel like you can make it happen. See a lane, take it. Yeah. Let's go to Carolina, Atlanta. Bryce Young probably struggled the most, in my opinion, out of the rookies. 20 for 38, 146, one score and two interceptions. However, he also... You know, his wideout one is Hayden Hurst and Miles Sanders. <laughs> Hayden Hurst, right? Um, I didn't – I was watching Red Zone, so I didn't see the incomplete game. Uh, Jonathan Mingo, five targets. Terrence Marshall, six targets, only two catches apiece. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, two for two, 16 yards. Um, but to be fair, Aiden Terrell, lockdown corner on the outside. I don't know if he – follows or shadows one guy or just locks down one side of the field? Probably one side. There's not a lot of following Shadowers and shadowing anymore. anymore. No. <clears throat> so, a lot of improvement, room for improvement in Carolina for sure. Um, Bijan Robinson. Really the whole Falcons offense. Ritter, very efficient. 18, just 18 total throws, attempts. Uh, was sacked four times. O-line struggled a lot. Uh, uh, pass pro-wise. Yes. But for the run game, look out for the Falcons, man. Algier for 15 for 75 and Bijan 10 for 56, both 5.0 yards per carry or more. And then Bijan, six catches on six targets, 27 yards, one touchdown where he juked out, viciously juked out two guys. Yeah. Again, like you mentioned, Jameer Gibbs, the big playability is so obvious. Uh. Kind of a bright spot for Pitts. Three targets, two catches, 44 yards. Uh, love to see that. Mac Hollins, three catches for 31 yards. Uh, nothing for Drake London, though. That's kind of the one kind of red flag I have. But they will work him into the offense. Uh, love to see Kyle Pitts getting the deep looks. That's what he does. So just scheme up that offense a little bit. Maybe throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, but they were also ahead most of the game, so that plays a factor. Yeah, I was going to say, in a closer game, he throws the ball even 25 times. Those targets got to go to Pitts in London. Yeah. Now the most exciting rookie quarterback of week one, and maybe all season, Mr. Look, look electric. Anthony Richardson. Uh, again, 24 for 37, 233 yards, or 223 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, took four sacks, but only for eight yards, which and is good to see. Ten attempts, 40 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. 
exactly what all the questions were answered. He looks NFL ready as far as throwing the ball. They're going to utilize him in the run game pretty significantly. I think my favorite thing of all, Michael Pittman, 11 targets, 8 catches, 97 yards, 1 touchdown. He's your wide out 1. Use him like that. Um, Alec Pierce still had 3 targets. Uh, Deion Jackson out of the backfield had 6. Getting the ball all over the place here. Mo Ali Cox even had 2 targets. So, And biggest thing for me, Tony Rich looked confident, charismatic. Love to see it. That was one issue we did not have coming out of college. Love to see it. Uh, but the Jags overall played very well. T-Law carried over like he did last year. 241 on 24 completions, two scores, one pick. ETN looked great. Tank Bigsby got a couple carries and a score. But the big thing here, we talked about him all offseason. What's Calvin Ridley going to do? Ridley. And he answered that question. He's going to do it. Eight catches on 11 targets, 101 and a score. Beast. I'm so glad I got... A, I think two shares of him. I think I got one. Uh, big surprise for me, Tampa over Minnesota. <sighs> I don't think Minnesota's that great. I touched on that last week. But they should be able to beat Tampa at home. You would think. But Baker Mayfield says, uh, not so fast, my friend. Uh, Mike Evans with a big game. Chris Godwin had a decent game. Uh, pretty much everything else went as expected, except for Chad White. 17 carries, 39 yards, 2.3 yards per carry. Same problem from last year where they had the lowest yards per carry in like 30 years. O-line run blocking wise is atrocious. Against a a Minnesota front that's not that great, got to see better production than that from the Tampa Bay running game. Even Baker with eight carries is pretty wild. Uh, Love to see that. Honestly, probably mostly scrambles. That was one thing that I feel like he kind of strayed away from. Maybe it was scheming wise in Cleveland. He did it well his rookie year. Every year after that, it seems like the numbers just got smaller and smaller. And he was hurt a lot, to be fair. That's going to detract him from running as much and definitely hold him back in that regard. But uh, maybe he's going to shock some people here in Tampa <laughs> with good weapons around him. And Minnesota offensively. You know what you're going to get there. 344 from Kirk, 150 for Jefferson. Uh, Jordan Addison, first touchdown of his NFL career. Long one. 61 yards. 39-yard touchdown. Love to see eight or nine targets for Hawkinson, eight catches, but only 35 yards. Yeah, I mean, but just the target share is honestly a little different than I expected with Jefferson getting 12. You expect that. Addison was sixth, Hawkinson with nine, and K.J. Osborne was six, And Madison out of the backfield with four. Kind of spread around a lot more than anticipated. Yeah, I figured it'd be mostly just Jefferson and Hawk. Yeah, like almost like maybe 15, 16 targets for Jefferson and right around that same number for Hawk. Um, but, again, I love to see it. Addison looked good. Got a lot of separation on a lot of plays. Especially his his deep ball is going to be, as long as Kirk can hit it, Jefferson or Addison's going to be open down there. Going to stretch the field for sure. <clears throat> um, not much to go over with Tennessee and, and New Orleans. Uh, Tannehill looked bad. Definitely looked rough. D-hop, though, 13 targets. Traylon only three. Almost like somebody knew D-Hop was going to be the target dominant you one there. You mentioned it many, many times. 
And nobody should be shocked by that. And the Saints actually looked pretty solid offensively. Yeah. Uh, Derek Carr, a couple overthrows, but dialed it in pretty quick. And again, good target uh, spread. Yeah. Michael Thomas, looking good. Toes healthy again, that's why. Are you ready to talk about him? our boys in the NFC? I thought it'd be a little closer than that. So did I. Sam Fran with a dominant win, 30-7 to in Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett, overall 31 for 46. 232 is not bad, but again with the questionable decision-making on turnovers. And to be fair, Sam Fran very good at creating turnovers. I mean, every guy in their secondary is a playmaker. Linebackers are playmakers. Some of them were just like that ball was thrown to Fred Warner. Yeah. Uh, CMC looks great as expected. Um, Mike Ev or wrong game. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk shocked the world in my opinion. Um, Debo, George Kittle, everybody getting six, seven, eight targets. I mean, it's the typical San Fran offense. It's what they do. Debo just couldn't get the yak quite like uh, we're used to seeing. Uh, but Brandon Ayuk did. Eight for eight, 129 and two touchdowns. The second highest score of the week, besides, of course, Mr. Tyreek. Shane, good, uh, good draft pick there. Oh, I absolutely love that man right now. Uh, McCaffrey with five targets out of the backfield. Love to see it. Uh, the one thing, Brock Purdy, two fumbles. Only one loss. But let's hold on to that ball a little bit, Brock. If there's, yeah, because you've got to pick one thing to try to improve on. Nobody plays a perfect game. Uh, although they, defensively, they pretty much did. Uh, pretty much a snooze fest across the board in Arizona and Washington. Again, I thought they would have covered that spread at least. Uh, Josh Jobs, not terrible. Did okay. Percentage-wise. Um, 21 for 30 is not bad, but they were not throwing deep balls at all. Uh, their rush defense held up pretty well. Twenty or nineteen carries for B. Rob, only fifty-nine yards. I think one of those was like a twenty-five-yard carry. So overall, pretty much locked him down. They had a seven-yard carry. I must have read that wrong. I think he got a twenty-five, twenty-yard catch. I thought maybe no, no, still a <laughs> seven-yard long on the catch. Yeah, must be a different Brian Robinson. Yeah, maybe you're thinking Bijan, B. Rob. Mixed it up a little you bit. You did crown him the new B-Rob last week. I did. I think he earned it. Uh, skip over the Raiders-Broncos. Yeah. Uh, Bronco, Russ looks a lot better. Uh, other than that, defensive game across the board. Raiders Shocker because one. the Raiders' defense is not good. But I do like the way Jimmy G fits into McDaniel's system. Very efficient. Short passes. Being smart. Avoiding turnovers. They're not going to be a contender, but they're going to stay in games, make teams work. But how about those Packers? <sighs> Electric. Jordan Love, 15 for 27 is not great, but 15 completions for 245 and three scores is pretty good. Uh, Aaron Jones, Patrick Taylor, shockingly, getting his share of touches out of the backfield as well. Uh, A.J. Dillon actually dominated the carry share, only for 19 yards, but Aaron Jones looks electric. A.J. Dillon, 
again, out of the backfield, catching the ball looked pretty solid. Uh, Jordan Love using his legs. Love to see it. Uh, Musgrave getting in the offense. Romeo Dobbs looking good, getting two scores. And again, we're seeing a uh, cross-the-board target share again. Which we knew in preseason, they had the same starters play 100% of the snaps. You knew exactly what the offense was going to be. And against a Bears defense that apparently didn't improve at all, they showed that again. Uh, going over to Chicago, however, Justin Fields throwing the ball 37 times. Yeah, you don't like that. You do, but you don't. Again, even being down that much, you got to throw, I get it. but uh, 24 for 37, solid overall. Uh, 216, you don't love to see that. A lot of short passes, check downs. Uh, one touchdown, one interception. He had nine rushes for 59 yards. Pretty much what you expect. Uh, that's a drastic improvement from last year. And yet Bears fans are freaking out already. Uh, maybe because DJ Moore was only targeted twice. Yeah. Uh, didn't draft him, thankfully, at all. Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet both with seven targets. Khalil Herbert with five. Rashawn Johnson with seven. And DJ Moore with two. And more questions from that Bears backfield. Carry-wise, nine for Herbert, five for Roshan, and five for Deontay Foreman. Game of the week here, Chargers-Dolphins. Man, that was fun to watch. Uh, that's a understatement. How about Tua? 28 for 45 with 468 and three scores and one pick. How about uh, Tyreek? <laughs> 11, 15 <laughs> targets, 11 receptions, 215. Uh, Waddle, five for four. Uh, Durham Smythe, seven targets, four receptions. Braxton Berrios got his fair share. River Craycraft got his share. Again, a lot more spread across the board than expected. Uh, two also with two fumbles, one lost. Uh, don't love to see that. But again, if fumbling is the one thing that we can critique, so be it. That's a That's a win. Absolutely. Chargers defense, still suspect. Staley is a terrible defensive play caller. And yes, Miami's offense is incredible, but they really put up no fight. And in the same vein, uh, Miami's rush defense is a little worrisome. They got torched for 234 on the ground, a 5.8 overall yards per carry. Eckler and Kelly, both 16 attempts. 117 in the score for Eckler and 91 in the score for Josh Kelly. Yeah, Eckler had that 155-yard run. Oh, there was another one that we were watching. Oh man, who was it? The dude, uh, the running back, just completely gassed out on a big, uh, big Brees. game. It was Brees. Yeah, he just completely gassed out. I've never seen that. Not to that degree. I mean, he had a clear touchdown. Yeah, and the six yards downfield just gassed. Hit the brakes big time. Yeah, I was very surprised, especially from the explosiveness last year. But uh. We'll talk about that here in a few. Uh, Chargers probably should have won. Got the ball back with a minute and a half, only down two. And then great play calls from Miami defense. Brought the house, sacked Herbie twice, and came away with the win. Uh, both teams are overall really impressed by offensively. Should make good deep playoff runs. Yeah, Herbie looked good. Um, shock of the week for, for us, I, I mean, at least for me. I know you were a little higher on the Rams than I was. Even without Cooper Cup, lit up the Seattle defense. 
Yeah. Again, I, like I said, uh, it's amazing what a healthy Matt Stafford can do. Amazing what a healthy, if I can get this right, Puka Nakua? Nakua? I think it's Nakua. And then also Tutu Atwell. Yeah. Who needs uh, Cooper Cup? Matt Stafford, 24 for 38, 334. No scores, unfortunately. Uh, Matt Stafford also with three carries, 11 yards. Because he will scramble. Uh Cam Akers, 22 carries, 29 yards. That's just pitiful. Yeah, and like almost all of those were late in the fourth. Yeah, he got a score. The clock. He got a score out of it. Uh, Kyron Williams looked good. 15 for 52, two scores. And all the important carries for the most part? For the most part. Uh, care, uh, target share, not really surprised about anywhere. Uh, as far as besides Puka Nakua, who had 15, kind of stepped into that Cooper Cup role. And got open. And he did. Uh, Van Jefferson with five. Tyler Higby three. Tutu Atwell with eight. Um, naturally, when uh, <clears throat> Cooper Cup comes back, he'll get 25 targets, and everyone else will suffer from that. <laughs> but you got three weeks still of playing Puka at Nakua. Absolutely. The Seahawks offense, though, was a much different story because the Rams' defense last year was one of the worst in the league. We expected that to carry over to this year. But Geno looked rough, 16 for 26 for 112, a 4.3 average. The only upside for me, at least as a fantasy dude, is maybe not having to worry about Zach Charbonnet taking carries from Kenny Walker. Yeah, the, it doesn't appear that he will be. Uh, your other, no, not really any question marks. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba got five targets. Tyler Lockett, five targets. Uh, Kenneth Walker, five targets out of the backfield. You love to see that. Uh, then DK, five targets as well. Uh, kind of as expected. Keep those three guys pretty close. But overall production was not that good. Volume was there. Production was bad. Almost a sneaky upset in New England. Where, again, like most teams, Philly started kind of slow. But New England actually looked pretty explosive against a very good Eagles defense. <sighs> Mac Jones. Jalen Hurts sacked three times. Um, nine scrambles for Hurts. Also went 22 for 33 with 170 with one score. And a fumble that was lost. Uh, Got speared. Yeah, by Jabril Peppers, who I forgot was in the league. Browns or or Patriot, yeah. Um, and then again, yeah, Kenneth Gainwell was the main guy there. Boston Scott and DeAndre Swift both only had one touch, both one for one touch for three yards. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, four targets. A.J. Brown, ten targets. Devontae Smith, ten targets. So, as expected in the passing game, uh, I guess the Patriots kind of are the bigger shock here. Kendrick Bourne, uh, Mac Jones threw the ball 54 times and looked good doing it. That's not what Bill, I don't think, wants to do to win ball games, but Mac Jones showed he could do it if called upon. Uh, Zeke did prove to be that third down back. Seven for 29 with a 4.1 average. Pretty solid. They uh, locked Ramondre up for the most part. Yeah, 12, 12 for 25. 25. Uh, but Ramondre big out of the backfield with six targets, four catches, 64 yards. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, 11 targets. Kind of a surprise. 
Uh, Juju still saw seven. Zeke saw seven. Ty Montgomery saw three. Kayshawn Booty saw four. Did not catch at all. Um, you know why? Because he's booty. Uh, Mike Jasicki saw three catches. Also forgot he was a Patriot. Yeah. But Hunter Henry leading the charge. And Kendrick Bourne with two scores. Hunter Henry with one. Hunter Henry, highest scoring tight end of week one. Who would have saw that coming? Yeah, no. Even with Kelsey down. Even with Kelsey and Andrews down. Really. Uh, let's talk about your boys. Oh, man. Do we, do we want to? We do. 40 to nothing. And it, every amount of the gate was not close. Was not because of the offense. Uh, didn't have to be. Didn't have to be. They, they played it conservative, again, in bad weather. Uh, got up big early thanks to the defense. Uh, but the run game looked good. Power looked good. Got a nice 14 carries there. Stephon Gilmore, Cowboys debut interception. Big time. Love to see it. Uh, but, man, that pass rush. We knew it would yeah. be scary. There's so many guys that can rush the passer and then also drop back and play coverage. Danny Dimes looked lost. Not really his fault. O-line just got destroyed all game long. And I don't understand why they kept him out there for so long. When it's 28 nothing or 30 nothing or 35 nothing in bad weather especially, on a turf field. Yeah, you would think. Come on now. Saquon, decent game. But overall, we kind of locked him up. Uh, Danny Dimes had to scramble a lot, which he can do. 13 for 43 on the ground. Darren Waller, the target leader with Darius Slayton. Uh, kind of as expected. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, only one target. Locked up, again, against a tough defense. And also with Danny Dimes, no time to throw. Hyatt should be more of that deep ball threat, but not in week one. And, of course, the, uh, <laughs> the big walk-off on Monday night. Josh Allen looked awful. James Cook looked good. That was exciting to see. Yeah. And an, a, enough volume for once. Uh, Diggs did exactly what Diggs was going to do. Um, Gabe Davis, four targets. Love to see that target count going up. Uh, but James Cook out of the backfield was six. And then obviously Stephon Diggs, 13 targets, 10 receptions, 102 yards, one score. Did get Kincaid involved. Four for four, 26 yards. Uh, some out of the slot, which they mentioned they were going to do that with him. He had two arm punts for Josh Allen, one bad fumble, one terrible pick, and too many bad decisions where he's running and scrambling and just not going down or going out of bounds and taking way too many unnecessary hits. He's going to get hurt eventually. I mean, it's bound to happen. I know he's a big, durable guy, but eventually your body's going to break down. I agree. Uh, then we talk about the Jets' offense. Again, Zach Wilson didn't look terrible. 14 for 21, 140, one, uh, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, only sacked twice. Brees Hall, again, had that big 83-yard run. That should have been 93. Uh, 10 for 127. Dalvin Cook, 13 carries, 33 yards. Did not look too great. Michael Carter got a carry, one for six. And Zach Wilson scrambled four times. Uh, Wilson, five for five, 34 yards in the score. On an incredible catch. Alan Lazard with four targets. Uh, Dalvin Cook, three. Brees Hall with two. Michael Carter with two. Again, just across the board, everybody was getting a target. 
So curious to see what continues in that realm. Yeah, Zach had one really bad pick on a bad read. But outside of that, played to his strengths. They made the right play calls for him and got the job done, got the OT. And the uh, Jets punt returner, who was Xavier Gibson. Xavier Gibson, yep. Sealed it up on the walk-off. And Jordan Whitehead with all three picks. Earning his contract incentive already in week one. Yep. A nice, cool 200K coming his way. Love to see it. Now for our week two games of the week. Shane, you got one? Let me get my list together. It's just one. No, but I wrote everything down in my notes. Oh. That's why we have notebooks. Now I'll start off with, I'm going to go Niners-Rams, which might end up being a blowout, but the Rams look pretty good in week one. Again, much tougher defense to face now. And tougher offense. And the line, I think, is eight and a half, but Rams hosting. Maybe keep it close. Maybe sneak out a little upset. It's going to be tough to do. But uh, if there's one thing that's going to happen, it's going to be Aaron Donald getting to the quarterback. And maybe Brock Purdy fumbling. Yet again. Potentially. Uh, my game of the week, I'm going Chiefs-Jags. Uh, as my obvious one, I have a dark horse, Colts-Texans, for a rookie QB battle. Uh, Chiefs-Jags should be electric, completely offensive in my opinion. On paper you think that, but again, Chiefs-D looked very good last week. Jacksonville's D is okay. And D is sneaky. Uh, but I think they're, we're talking about two quarterbacks that can overcome a pretty solid pass rush across the board. And with hopefully Kelsey coming back too. And with Kelsey coming back, uh, we should see a 35-28 kind of style game that we would expect to see out of Kansas City and Jacksonville. Let's see another Miami-LA type game here in week two. Yeah, and then Colts-Texans, just Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud both going up against questionable defenses now. Uh, curious to see what they can pull together as far as full drives go. In another early division battle. Yeah. Is it just me? Are there way more of those in weeks so it's one like the two Bang- this year? The Bengals have the Ravens. And I think next week they play Pittsburgh. Yeah. We play Pittsburgh this week. Monday night. And I think we might play Baltimore next week. Very odd. I feel like it's never been that way this early in the year. Now, Shane, your game of the week choice. See, it shouldn't be this entertaining of a game, but I really think it will be. It's going to be the Vikings-Eagles. I don't hate it. I think Philly should pull away. You would think so. But the way their defense looked this weekend, I don't know, man. Against Mac Jones? Yeah, dude. If you let Mac Jones do that to you, you got Kurt Thuggins out there. Oh, they're due for a rally. <sighs> they're due for one, but will it come? Yes. I don't I don't think so. Shane's making his case right here. I'm going to say. Making his call of the year. I'm going to go Vikings 23, Eagles 20. Whoa. Whoa low scoring. I don't think it's going to be a huge shootout. I was not shootout. expecting that. Should be because the Vikings have no defense. Again, they let Baker Mayfield put up pretty solid stats. That was a fluke. All right, mark that down. Uh, Shane, what's the timestamp right now? Uh, timestamp is hour and 19. Hour 19 on episode 54. Shane calls the 23-20 Vikings upset. Put that in your money. 
put down the bank. Go put money on it. Because Shane said it. it's a lock. All, All of, of the money. Yeah. Um, before fantasy, you want to go to break here? Yeah. I'm due for a relight. Take a quick break. Regroup. Yeah. There's a lot of fantasy stuff to go over here too, boys. SNS episode 54, back after this. Oh, we're good? We're good. Okay. I thought well, I thought you were going to come in with it, but it's okay. I thought you were coming in with it. Come on, boys. It's going on the same page here. Chemistry. Shane, my wedding's coming up. It is. We got a last couple weeks to get in shape. Or to be in days. better shape. Yeah. What are we going to do? Well, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't like that. Because you wouldn't even go to the gym to do the stairs. I allegedly. Didn't. I didn't. So what are you going to do? I wish there was a way that I could get fit just like at home. At home. You know, like the old Wii. Wii, uh, Wii Fit. Yeah, with the board. Like the yoga, yeah. the Wii yoga mat. Right? Yeah, that's, that's kind of 2013, boys. There's a new method out there now. What's the old, uh, oh, the Xbox Connect. That Again, still so kind of outdated. Even better. More personal. Whoa. Personal. You guys got to get in contact with Evan Keaton, ACE certified personal trainer at All Things Fitness. Here's your lighter there. You want to reach him? Well, you can. Email him at allthingsfitness15 at gmail.com. Text or call him by cell phone, 937-308-6324, or check out his website, allthingsfit.org. We'll come to your house, train you personally. You don't have any equipment? Guess what? No problem. He brings his own. He brings his own? He brings his own to your location. Small fee, depending on how far travel is, but personalizes the workout plan just for you, and even better, nutrition advice as well. Wow. Catered totally towards your personal goals. Maybe your goal is to uh, get better cardio, to be dancing all night at Cam's wedding. Definitely a must. Because I learned in my last wedding, not in great shape. It's tough. It is tough. You've got to be moving for three hours straight. If there's one job of the groom, it is to be on the dance floor. Get down. All night. So once again, Evan Keaton, A certified at All Things Fitness. See him on Facebook, too. I'll say, Shane, that me and Cam did practice the old uh, dartboard. Did you? I feel like we need to practice. We've been sending each other these TikToks for like an entire year. Yeah. That was the only one we did. It was. But it's pretty damn fun. Yeah. Dartboard locked in. Because you got to do both, too. you got to be the dartboard and the thrower. Yeah, we went oh, back and yeah. forth. Okay. And he improvised, too. They're pulling some out of our belt. He was throwing behind-the-back darts. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Trick yeah. shots. Okay. Got to go trick shot. Okay. After we worked him into the beat and how you're supposed to. Yeah, I was doing my arms as a dartboard. Which wasn't part of the dance. No. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't 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 and feel like right. When he was throwing, he was like rapid fire throwing at first. I'm like, we gotta go with the beat. Slow it down. With each other in sync. And that's what practice is for. We do need to practice. We can practice in the parking lot on the way to our cars. At Schuler's? Uh no, not at Schuler's. I why would Schuler's you say Bakery, that? dude. Eat some donuts and then go dance? Uh fun fact, my high school instructor's favorite donut. Schuler's Cake Donut with Vanilla Icing and Sprinkles. Okay, I don't hate it. It's his all-time favorite. Oh, it's always just a, uh, like a vanilla cream guy. Or the, the typical, uh, is it called like an eclair, like the longer ones with chocolate on top? Yeah, no, he's good. the full cake donut just with the, the icing on top and, and a little some sprinkle sprinkles. action. The, uh, the bear claws are always really good. Those are really good, like with the cinnamon stuff. We have those at work. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, boys, let's go into our favorite segment. Fantasy, fantasy football. First of all, it was the worst opening weekend since 2001 in terms of overall scoring. Not for me and you. <laughs> uh, me and Shane did pretty well. We did. We'll, we'll, we'll recap that here later. But news-wise and stories to follow, we mentioned the Montgomery-Gibbs carry share. Montgomery 77%, Gibbs 27 Again, that should change because Gibbs did capitalize on those touches. Should get utilized more. Um, definitely, I would continue to start him <laughs> in your flex at least. Assuming you're in a two-running back in a flex league. I have no qualms with that. Agreed. Uh, <clears throat> Bijan and Algier pretty much 50-50. Other than the past game, probably expect to see it. They both performed so well, you can't really phase one out yet. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I wouldn't hate starting either one. Uh, they're both going to capitalize the big production with the volume. Again, Bijan might not get like Najee Harris 35 touches, but the 18 he gets, 20 he gets, he's going to score. He's going to put up 100 yards all purpose yep. routinely. Uh, Zay Flowers. Wide out one, question All mark. All things looking, pointing in that direction. Uh, love to see that. So quick, great route runner. And kind of like the B. John Gibbs thing, just a natural playmaker. Yep. So much explosiveness. Uh, Michael Thomas and Olave, both valuable fantasy guys. I think we knew Olave would be. But some slight concerns of how Thomas would affect his target share. Didn't. Not at all. Again, guys that would both start, they're both going to produce. Uh, Thomas probably up. more of like a flex. At least through week one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then Calvin Ridley, story of the week. God, I love that guy. I don't love the the Christian Kirk <laughs> disappearance as much. Uh, Zay Jones, at least in week one, was wide, out, was wide out too. He'll come back. Yeah, long term, I have no concerns there. But uh, if you drafted Calvin Ridley, great call. And then uh, we got a little, we're going to play a little diamond hand today. Do not drop these guys if you have not already. Uh, their week one showings weren't the best. But don't overreact. But don't overreact. And this is what we're here for. We're here to help guide you. Uh, I'll let you start because we each have five, four guys, four or five guys. Uh, maybe some crossover. Some should be different. Um, a guy we just talked about, Christian Kirk. Look, it's one week. Don't overreact. He's still going to put numbers up. Maybe not as much as last year. But there's no reason why he and Ridley and even Zay Jones can't produce together. Again, probably a good flex start. Maybe not this week. We'll see what happens here in week two. But don't drop him. Do not drop him. There's, there's much not yet. worse options you're going to pick up instead of Christian Kirk. Do not drop him yet. Uh, I also have Christian Kirk. Um, my second one, I have Rashad White. Again, volume is how you play fantasy football. Production will come. Just look at the volume. Do not drop Rashad White. As bad as the Tampa Bay O-line is, offense overall looked better than we thought. Should continue to get better. And yeah, when you get 30 carries a game, you're going to put up at least 10 points. At least. Absolutely. Uh, next up, I'm going to go, I might regret this come next week, but Drake London. I also have Drake London. They're going to have to pass the ball more. When they get down, things get rough. They're going to have to throw the ball. And who's going to be standing tall downfield, wide open? Drake London. And you could throw Kyle Pitts in there, too. I also have Kyle Pitts. Either guy. Yeah, don't overreact to They were up big all game. The targets will come. Got to run the ball. Didn't have to throw. Just be patient. Take it easy. 
and then other than those four, my last one I have Kadarius Tony. Whoa. Okay. Do not drop him. He will be the Kansas City Chiefs wideout one. No doubt in my mind. His volume will come. He will start catching the ball, and he will do a lot of good things with that ball. Definitely a guy that your people are overreacting to the most. Because everybody watched that game, prime time, only game on, and it was such a bad performance. Put it behind you. Look in your rearview mirror. It's all right. It's one week. I'm not saying start him. No, I wouldn't start him. <clears throat> but he will be valuable mid to late season in fantasy. Uh, my last two are both actually quarterbacks, which you should be dropping quarterbacks anyway this early. But maybe don't even bench them, especially matchup-wise this week. Justin Fields and Danny Dimes both. Look, Danny Dimes played the, maybe the best defense in football in bad weather week one. It's all right. Second best. There's room for debate there. Again, playing the Cardinals this week. They should easily control that game. He's going to get back to normal, back to what he was last year. Don't turn the ball over. Don't take nine sacks. He'll be fine. Now, <clears throat> we're going to go over some waiver wire fool's gold for you guys also. Um, guys who are currently trending up uh, as far as like plus 100,000% of being picked up off of the waiver wire. Um, number one being Puka Nakua. Not fool's gold. Absolutely grab him. He will be the wideout too when Cooper Cup returns. Still probably seeing 10-plus targets a game. Cooper Cup seeing 15-plus targets a game. Um, 100% grab him if you can. In all honesty, I would probably spend 20 to 30% of my fab on him. And start him until week four. Maybe after week four. Uh, if you can get him right now, I would probably overpay for him in fab-wise. I'd probably go up to 50%, to be quite honest. Because um, he will be the number one guy until week four for sure. Um. <clears throat> Any thoughts on Tutu Atwell there in the same vein? Uh, Cup's going to affect him more, I think. Definitely will affect him way more. Uh, a lot of his targets will get cut. But until week four, grab him. I wouldn't spend too much on him. Um, but definitely worth a, worth a roster spot. Uh, I think a lot of people are overreacting too because Van Jefferson's one of the most dropped guys. Um, he's going to be a solid flex player pretty much all year. He's going to get those over-the-middle deep balls like we saw when Cup was in. So just be on the lookout for that. Don't. I wouldn't drop him if I had him personally. Uh, I wouldn't play him right now, but I would not drop him. <clears throat> uh, Justice Hill. Uh, Baltimore's running back and Gus Edwards kind of in the same vein. If I'm going to pick one, I'm going to pick up Justice. I don't want anything to really do with Gus Edwards. We know what Gus is. J.K. was out last year. Gus played. We saw what he did. Not much. All right. Not, not great fantasy-wise. and more explosive. Um, Kyron Williams kind of in the same boat. Yeah, he got the goal line carries, and he looked Good, but I still think Cam Akers is the number one back. Yeah, I see a lot of people overpaying for him right now. <clears throat> so if you can get him 
in like a regular waiver league, no harm, no foul. But if you're in a fab league, don't spend too much on him. Um, I probably wouldn't go more than 10%. And also, don't drop guys on your bench that you still like just for, for one of these guys, guys who had yeah. a big week one. Because then you're you're going to be mad when you don't have that guy. Somebody else picks him up because that's a guy you believe in. Trust your draft. Trust your bench. You picked this guy for a reason. Absolutely. Uh, Fool's gold, number one, in my opinion, Kyron Williams. Fool's gold, number two, Kendrick Bourne. Um, you're not going to see that week to week. I actually kind of disagree there. I, I think he's been held back previously. Jacoby Myers gone now. He's the, the wideout one. Devontae Parker got no target share. Well, you also got to think uh, Mac Jones is not going to be throwing the ball 54 times a game. Hopefully not. Uh, you're going to see less targets across the board. And it's pretty much about what they can do with the limited amount of targets they get. And I don't think Kendrick Bourne is a super great yak guy. Uh, but this is a guy that a lot of people are overpaying for. That's my problem. Yeah, I like him. But to get him, you're going to have to overpay. So, yeah, in my opinion, I don't think... Kendrick Bourne's going to be a valuable week-to-week starter. Uh, so we'll see there. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, kind of the same boat. He had a good game. He's got an injury for next week. He should get volume, but we've seen Kenny Gainwell with volume, and there's not much production that comes out of it. Yeah, I don't think – I don't want any Eagles running back because it's just not enough <clears throat> carries to go around for one guy to step up and get – Enough to start, even in a flex spot. Yeah, I agree. Uh, guys I love, Hayden Hurst. I think he'll be Bryce's favorite target. Just a big, reliable, over-the-middle guy. Especially in such a weak tight end market. Um, I think Rashid Shahid is your fool's gold. There's not going to be enough to go around for him to be a consistent week-to-week starter. Um, you might be able to get lucky, kind of like Gabe Davis. Kind of in that a, same a boat. A big boom week. Where he's a very much boomer bust. There's going to be no consistency. Um, I do like Hunter Henry. Um, as far as guys being dropped, I don't, I don't think you should be dropping Sky Moore. I don't think you should be dropping Adam Thielen. I don't really think you should be dropping Marvin Mims. Uh, these are guys that... We didn't really – they were kind of question marks going into the year. You got them really late in drafts. Um, but I'm pretty confident that Thielen will become the wideout one pretty quickly. Um, I think Sky Moore has the best chance to take down Kadarius Tony as wideout one. Now, besides <laughs> Kadarius Tony. And Rasheed Rice, uh, that's his name, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Looks good. Uh, but again, it's kind of playing with the variables there. In my opinion, I think Tony and Sky Moore are safer targets for a second option instead of looking all the way downfield for Rasheed Rice, which he'll get those, but it's not going to be consistent enough where he's a week-to-week guy over Sky Moore or Kadarius Tony in your flex. I want to see a couple weeks of with Kelsey back, how that offense shakes out share-wise. And that, that's all I got. So I'm ready for sleepers. All right, starting off with last week's results. Shane, 
59.1. Not my best. Not ideal. Uh, definitely beat some of our scores from last year. And it's your first time drafting sleepers, you know? It was those Redskins receivers, man. The who? Commanders. Sorry. We'll cut that. We'll cut that. Cam, 64.8. About average. Last year's average, yeah, I'd probably. Say, yeah, I ran that 60-70 range. Pretty routine. And again, week one, you don't know anything. Rankings are all skew. Yeah. We'll settle in here as the year goes on. And rankings are still skew. Uh, as you'll <laughs> hear from Shane's team, who really wants to win this week. Uh, but the week one, I did take, mostly thanks to Brandon Ayuk. Total of 97.68. Good weeks from uh, know, everybody. I think my lowest score was eight. So no uh, no booms besides Ayuk, but just consistent points, which in sleepers, making those reaches. That's what you love to see. That's all you want. So this week, Shane's going to draft first, and then Cam and myself. Going for a win here, big dog. What you got? Jalen Hurts. Sleeper. One. Absolute <laughs> sleeper, boys. Uh, I will say, I think we all have pretty high. Yeah, yeah I want to try to keep it reasonable, but yeah. yeah. Again, it's week two. I, I don't think any of our quarterbacks are true sleepers. Yeah. Uh, which quarterbacks are never really, I don't think there's actually a true sleeper quarterback. That you're going uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah. Baker, maybe. Uh, but I took Justin Fields. Hopefully a good bounce back week. Uh Fantasy-wise, he's going to be good. If he even breaks off one big run, yeah, you got your points right there. Then I went uh, Danny Dimes. Yeah, Again. you know, if he even breaks off one big run. And then <laughs> falls down at the 10-yard yeah. line. Uh, but yeah, it should have a good rebound against a bad defense. Those are Brees Hall. I think Brees pulled a Danny Dimes, if anything. <laughs> Although Brees looked a little more graceful for the majority of the run. Yeah. Uh, my first running back, I'm going to go with James Cook. I liked the volume last week. He looked explosive. Especially out of the pass game. Yeah, got six, uh, six catches, six targets. So let's keep that rolling into week two against I a bad rated defense. I'm going Brian Robinson Jr. Again, the volume's there. He's going to get an explosive run. He's going to get a score. He's going to put my team on his back this week. Same with back-to-back running backs here. Oh, he forgot who he picked. I do forget who oh, I picked. No. Well, good thing we wrote him down. Yeah. Uh, Bears running back. Oh, I went Khalil Herbert. Yes, you did? I did. I had to think about that. Do you want to expand on that pick at all? Uh, No, not really. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the worst thing you could have said. He believes in Khalil Herbert. No, I just don't believe in Justin Fields. Whoa. That well, everybody knows the pass game opens up the run game, so. And then your next pick was a, a Ravens running back. Oh, I, I went Justice Hill. Yeah. Yes, you did. I did because Gus Edwards is not the best. And uh, J.K. Dobbins going down kind of opens that up for him. So I think we should see decent numbers. Uh, I forget where he was ranked. I think it was like 15 or 16. Yeah, he put up two scores, but only nine yards and eight carries. But should get those goal line, yeah. that goal line work. So, so 16 carries, 250 yards, four, to- four uh, scores probably. Was, Thinking ten catches, four fifty for five scores. Oh, okay, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Cam, do you also happen to any chance you forgot who uh, you picked? Nope, not <laughs> at all. <laughs> I wonder why. I went uh, Javante Williams. Love it. Volumes there. Again, looked pretty comfortable. I was happy to see it. Uh, not really a committee. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan got the big runs. But it looked like Javante is going to dominate the carry share, and that should just continue to go in his direction. So I'm going to take him while I can. Yeah, it shouldn't be a sleeper for too long. Um, the aforementioned Rashad White is my second running back. 
Again, just based on the volume, maybe he breaks one 20, 30-yard carry, gets a score. That's good enough for me, 12, 13 points. I'll be happy with that all day. My first wideout, also mentioned before, Raji Rice, just because I don't think maybe you give Tony a week off to kind of regroup. Maybe Rice does get that long touchdown catch, gives me 10, 11 points on one play. We'll take that. Well, I disagree. I don't think you give Tony a week off. I think shoot or shoot, and you just got to keep feeding the man. But I picked Allen Robinson. Pretty good showing. Oh, man. Shades of last year in a different way, I guess. Uh, yeah, he was your wideout two. Three. <laughs> but I took him man, every league I had him. Yeah. You had a lot of shares. You got burnt pretty good. Uh, looks a lot better in Pittsburgh uh, with the ball, especially with Deontay going down. Uh, should see his Deontay's 10 targets split 5-5 five and five between Pickens and Allen Robinson. And the biggest thing, A-Rob playing slot. Big time. Love to see it. I went with my boy Kadarius Tony. Battle you know, of the Chiefs wide out. Did you think I was going to take him from you or something? I saw you look at me when I was saying shoot I was or shoot. Sitting there and <laughs> Tony. I was like, that was a good, little, already, a good little build up. I was like, we already picked. But, uh, oh, yeah, we're picking right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's no way he has a week as bad as last week. And I think he does have the best chance to be the wide out one. So I'm putting my money on him. And your next one. My next one, I went with the true sleeper, Chris Godwin. Who? I've never heard of that guy before. Yeah, yeah, he must have dug deep on that one. Yeah, I don't know if you guys... What, what is he, Greg the Torch Dorch's backup or something? Yeah. Yep. Good call. Yeah, I think he'll put up some uh, decent numbers. Again, he put up pretty solid numbers last week. Just a couple more receptions, and he would have probably been out of the... The, the pool? Yeah. But he's still yeah. eligible in week two. Absolutely. And so is your second wideout pick. Josh Reynolds. Sneaky. I uh, liked what I saw with him and uh, Jared Goff's connection. Against a very good secondary. And I loved his yak ability. Uh, he looks very shifty, very fast, very good, great separation, great hands. Uh, excited to see what's to come until Jamison Williams gets back. And Detroit might be the best team at properly utilizing the players they have. Yeah. They're going to call plays to get him in open, open space and have those yak plays. My wideout two is Christian Kirk. Like Shane said, or like you both have touched on about your guys previously. Can't be as bad as he was last week. Even five catches, 50 yards, 10 points. We'll take that all day. Uh, I don't think I had anybody that I said that about. Well, I know we touched on it earlier in fantasy. We've got the guys that really yeah. can't be as bad as they were in week one. And then my uh, tight end, we're going Zach Ertz. Got 10 targets last week. Very low yardage, but uh, they can't stay at 2.6 forever. And 10 targets, 8 catches, points add up. Yeah, that's 8 points. And again, a sleeper of the week for a tight end especially. It's pretty solid. <laughs> we'll take anything over 3. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going Luke Musgrave. Uh, again, looked pretty solid in Green Bay. Uh, I think he got 5 targets, 4 catches, 50-something yards. Love to see it. Keep knocking them out. Luke Musgrave, going to win me this week. Uh, I think by five weeks from now, Musgrave and Laporta both are top seven tight ends. Still falls in the pool with our top five, top five. limitation. <laughs> yep. Who knows? It might be one and two by the way tight ends are playing. For my tight end, I went Tyler Higby. Uh, you know, 
Cooper Cup being gone opens up targets for everyone else. And I think he got targeted like three or four times last week. And, I mean, for a sleeper tight end, that's all you can really hope for. Way down from last year where he was getting like ten targets a game, though. Yeah. So they didn't have uh, Nakua or – Yeah. Well, they had Tutu, but he wasn't uh, getting 11 targets a game last year. Yep. And then your sleeper flex. My sleeper flex. Again, dug deep on this one. Real deep. Did I? Uh, second round draft pick. Mr. C.D. Lamb. <laughs> yeah, true sleepers this week. Hey, these are our rules. You play them. Shane gotta, really wants to win. I've got to come back from 56 points, did you say? But what you don't understand is in this scenario, that's normal. That's what's expected is about 50 to 70 points. Yeah, 75 is a great week. Yeah, but I have to have at least one win. Now here's the thing. You better win this week. I have to win this if week. If you lose this week... You might be fired. There'll be a meeting held. There's not without it, you. It's not even my fault. You picked them. Yeah, but if they don't put up points, that's on them. No, should have picked other guys. It's on you, bad manager. Uh, Cam, your flex. Bobby Trees, Mr. Robert Woods liked what I saw. Very much a uh, blast to the past, and I love to see it. And I think Stroud will utilize him as his old reliable. Yep, safety net. So PPR points for me. Again, even seven catches, 60 yards, maybe a score. I could win you a week. Maybe take down Shane. And last but not least, my flex is stretch for Andre Stevenson. Had to throw one guy in there. He's 13th right now against a, a suspect Miami rush defense. Maybe Zeke takes some production away, but... 15, 18 carries, 80, 90 yards out of a flex spot. Might be enough for me to, to repeat back-to-back weeks. Hey-o. Speaking of repeat, we have two winners here at this table right now. We do. And only two, and not to mention the top two scores. A lot of that falls on the Cowboys' defense and Tyreek Hill. It helps. It helps a lot. The top two scores overall, yeah. individually. <laughs> uh, Cam, I have you this week. You're going down, bud. Uh, just as a recap... Shane took a dub, Austin took a dub, Trey Shepard took a dub, Trey Ganius took a loss, Rudy took a dub, uh, Demi took a dub, Bill Alexander and Larry Vaughn. Then my division is looking like it's the worst division. <laughs> In uh, one week. Evan Keaton beat me. I beat Matt Gordon. And then Matt Gordon lost, Todd, Todd McCaffrey lost, and I lost. I was so sure that Josh Allen would outscore Garrett Wilson. I think everybody was. Then he puts up, like, four. Uh, I think he finished with nine. Put up four turnovers. That's, what, negative eight points right there? Ridiculous. I was so angry. I didn't, I didn't even watch the whole game. I turned it off. You know that great finish? Yeah, I oh, turned it man. off. He bounced back this week. I was very – that was my – I was four and one. That was my – only game that I needed to win to go a perfect fantasy 5-0. and uh, We were pretty close to then. I went 4-2. and two. One loss was by less than a point in the OCM Ooh. League. And one loss was a tiebreaker that went to our bench scoring. And it came down to I needed one point from Garrett and one tackle from Quinn and Williams. It went to overtime. I'm like, man, just get the ball. Give Williams, I mean, give uh, Wilson one catch. Maybe Williams gets a sack here. And I go a perfect 6-0, and oh, which would have been nice. We'll take 4-2. and two. And then, Shane, this is your only league, correct? It is. So, undefeated. 
I am undefeated. Perfect record. I'm playing Rudy this week, and he's got a pretty solid team. He does. I think he was third highest score in week one. He was. This should be a playoff preview. Battle of the Titans. Between me and Cam as well. Yeah. The true Titans. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. We draft the long game, bud. Cam just giving us all a chance to uh, let our guard down a little bit. We draft the long game. You think Josh Jacobs is going to put up sub-double digits every game? Good. This is the one and only time. That's true. You think Josh Allen's going to put up nine every week? Yeah. I, I made a couple calls before week one. Say, boys, start off slow for me. Give these guys a chance. He's got us right where he wants us. He does. Right in my sweaty little palms. <laughs> <laughs> my sweaty, gigantic palms. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a little. <laughs> little. Sweaty, for sure. My gigantic, sweaty, hairy hands. Not where I want to be, personally. <laughs> um, not a whole lot in the way of college ball this week. Texas did take down Bama. Quinn Ewers. In Tuscaloosa. Heisman. And I believe you called that last week. I did. Maybe not officially, but he's my favorite for Heisman. I thought he would be a finalist last year. He went down. Um, Going to be tough for Caleb Williams to... Repeat. Repeat. Uh, Shadur Sanders sneaking up the odds. Uh, I threw a $10 bet on him Saturday, and he was still at, like, plus 2,000. Nice. So that should definitely increase here. And let's hope it goes all the way. Yeah. Because they dominated yet again. Uh, by way too early outlooks, he definitely looks like he should finish in the at least the finalists. This pace especially, which is yeah. not sustainable. There's no way, right? Is that 850 yards through two weeks? I don't know, man. College football is a little wild. Yeah, they rolled again. They have a rivalry game this week. Prime time. 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Probably Time. Probably the first time Colorado State's ever played a primetime game. Uh, that I can recall. I yeah. think they're normally like the 6 a.m. <laughs> 6 a.m. <laughs> slot. Playing in Hawaii. <laughs> but yeah, rivalry game, anything can happen, but Colorado should definitely dominate for a third straight week. Let's go homers. Notre Dame this week, what'd you think? Look good. On the um, road. Good test. Definitely, especially with how poor they've played NC State historically, especially Sam Hartman. Uh, but... Barring the 17-hour-long weather delay that made me so angry, uh, panned out. Panned out nice. I was happy with the outcome. And, and then next week you guys have... Uh, I'm going to pull it up here for This you. week we have. Well, technically, yeah, this week, yeah. But uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Let's see. You guys are going to... Central Michigan is coming to South Bend. And one more tune-up here before the, the host of the Buckeyes. Notre Dame's true home opener. It's going to be a great environment. Should be. All those well, oldies, oldies, oldies there. Yeah. All those people just looking down at you. <laughs> <laughs> throw that ball, Sam. That's right. Good job. Good throw, pal. You. Yes, sir. <laughs> White and Irish. Uh, yes, sir might even be a little too A little excited. rowdy. That's yeah. a fair point. Yeah, it gets a getting out of control there. It's so funny to see the, the, the student section gets wild and everybody else is just like, God, look at those disgraceful young children. Quiet down there, kids. <laughs> hey, <laughs> easy. I know we're up 70 to nothing, but come on now. Don't be celebrating. Yeah, anything could happen. Uh, Buckeyes improved. Much also, better. Youngstown State played tough early. Uh, kept it probably closer than it should have been. If. Youngstown State goes for it on a couple of those fourth and shorts. Could it be a whole different conversation? Yeah, a little conservative. Um, but defense overall played good for us. Um, Accord looked much more comfortable. 
Got the ball to Harrison early. Some long plays for him. Uh, the other dude, uh, Devin Brown. So that's that's yeah. I'm a little concerned still about the dual quarterback. I don't think he's going to be an issue. He didn't do anything in the passing game that was really impressive. He was he was good enough. Found the open guys. Made the easy throw. But his rushing definitely is a lot better than McCord. Yeah, he's more inconsistent with his arm, but definitely good rushing upside. The only problem is, eventually it's going to be McCord, probably 80-20. When Brown does come in, you're going to be expecting to run. So it makes your play calling a little more predictable. Uh, my main problem, though, is only giving Travion Henderson the ball five times. Yeah. I don't understand that. Maya Williams got six. Uh, Chip Trinum got six. Each of those five times, the announcer said, and this is your home run right here. <laughs> you mentioned that at work. This is your home run. And he went for like two and a half yards. This is your home run right here. He had a couple good Travion runs there. Henderson. He had a long of 30. Travion Henderson's your home run. And I'm like, no, it's not. It could be, but it's not Zeke. He's not going to get the ball 20 times a game. He should. I don't understand the play calling there. Uh, overall, yeah, 556 and two scores. Feed the man, especially come uh, two weeks from now when they go to South Bend. I don't think you want to run against us, bud. you got to establish a run game. <laughs> I don't want to be having McCord throw the ball 40 times. Sounds like you're still going to be trying to establish it in the fourth then. I'm, I'm, we're due for a close game. Well, the problem is you guys have been a significantly terrible first-half team and have kind of bumped it up where when Notre Dame catches fire, they normally just put out whatever fire is being caught on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And to come to South Bend and to be try and be a second-half team, assuming that hasn't been corrected. Not yet. Even against lower competition. Be tough. I can't wait. You should want to wait. <laughs> no, just get it over with. One way, one way or the other. Yeah, rip the Band-Aid off, right? Because if you've got to lose, lose in week four. And to a ranked team, top ten. Get it out of the way early. Yeah. Especially because um, right now they're, what, Notre Dame's ten? Uh, I haven't seen the poll today, but, yeah, I think you guys went to ten and we're like down six, to seven or maybe six. Six or seven? Yeah. So top so ten even, matchup on the road. Even if you lose that, yeah, still playoff potential for sure, especially with Bama going down. For now. Could very well win out still. Yeah. And this week, uh, no ranked games. You have Tennessee and Florida. ESPN, 7 o'clock, your main attraction there. But the main thing, let's see Notre Dame improve, Ohio State improve, and get ready for that big next week Notre matchup. Dame to improve at all. That's a very cocky way to look at things. You can always I get better. I think uh, they're playing as close to perfect as they can get, and I think they're going to maybe even shut out Ohio that State. Sounds kind of like something Zach Wilson would say. Well, he's on to something. <laughs> For the first time in a while here, some NBA, NBA news. talk. If you guys remember a while back, we talked about a fella named Eric Lewis. A.K.A. You may know him as Blair Cutliff. Uh, he was the official that was being investigated for his burner account on Twitter. Uh, he is retired. The investigation is over. <laughs> so I'm assuming that means, hey, you are retiring. Yeah, that was a uh, – it wasn't his decision. Yeah, so – Maybe more to come. Uh, the investigation's over. Maybe some things get leaked. Maybe they uh, find more referee burner accounts. I was going to say maybe there's a new hire by the name of Blair Cutliff. Hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's embrace it all the way. That Go would be freaking hilarious. Uh, in other news, the FIBA World Cup happened uh, very quickly for us. Uh, the E team of the USA could not get it done. Unfortunately, the fashion they didn't get it done in, 
uh, was them getting beat out by Dylan Brooks's 39 points for Canada to beat us out of bronze. Uh, Not a good look. Just wait till the Olympics, though. The big dogs are coming out. Yeah. Uh, they did not like the – I don't know. I, I like to think that the Noah Lyles guy, the track, the track runner, uh, who said – what are NBA world champions of what or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is true. It is not a world championship. We've always said that with our sports. But again, yes. Other than the Super Bowl, which is now just the Super Bowl, but before I believe it was the football world championship. And I'm we sure. all know it's still the world championship. Uh, theoretically, come on, now, USA. The best players from around the world do come to play here. You can make that argument, but it is not an international uh, league. By any means, as I far did as see. home hey, teams. Uh, each There's team, a team from Canada. Toronto, yeah. Each team is now getting one international spot on their practice squad to try to get more foreign involvement. Kind of cool. International. Yeah. I don't know where it's going to come from besides Australia. Maybe Germany. Serbia. Maybe Serbia. Getting it done. Um, but yeah, the big dogs are coming out for the Olympics. Uh I've seen you name them. They're in Steph, LeBron, uh, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, uh, Kyrie, numerous, many more of your top ten guys. Pretty much all the top ten that are playing for the USA team and not Greece or Slovenia or Serbia or wherever else. As long as we lock up Alex Caruso uh, for uh, winning that gold, I don't think we see a single player from this team USA. <laughs> <laughs> on the Olympic team. You don't think Austin Reeves makes the cut? No. So, yeah, the big dogs are mad. Big dogs are coming to probably 100 to 25 every team in the Olympics to get it done, get the, the gold uh, medals. The, the true world championship. Yeah. Then there are the world champs again. Uh, these guys, I think LeBron's got numerous gold medals already. I know Steph has at least one. KD has at least one. Tatum has one. Like, these guys are world champions, by definition, at the most elite level of the Olympics. So, the big dogs are angry, and they're coming out to, to bite. You want to mention Mr. Christian Wood? Oh, yeah, I forgot about to that. To the Lakers. So, I get excited about the big dogs coming down. <laughs> you only mentioned it four times. Yeah. You, are, you are a big dog. It's, it's yeah. your people right here. Can <laughs> <laughs> we get some DMX on in here? No. We don't have They'll run ability. through this wall. We had copyright struck this anyway. Wall. With the brick on the outside. I'm through it. And my truck's right below you. So. In the truck. Easy. Through the windshield. <laughs> Stole it. Driving down the road. Ruby's mine. You don't even need the truck, dude. You're running 25 miles an hour just because you're a big dog. Exactly. Through the other apartment building. Literally straight through it. And I'm home faster than I can drive there. Hitting deers all along the way. Absolutely. They're shitting all over me, dude. <laughs> Whoa, we're on YouTube now. Yeah, man. dude. Shit's okay. We talked about this. Allegedly. I don't know the, the rules here, but... But yeah, Christian Wood went to L.A. Sad to see he's not going to stay in Dallas. We weren't utilizing him. Yeah, exactly. uh, I don't know how much he'll play in L.A. Uh, he'll be behind Rui and A.D., obviously. So I don't know, really know what's to come. I don't know how much better it makes it just bench depth, which is always nice to have. Uh, not super big expectations unless one of those guys go down and his production goes up or volume which, in my opinion, would volume equals production for him. So, yeah, happy to see they're adding another piece. 
uh, doing everything they can to try and get LeBron a championship in his, what I'm assuming is his last year. Besides maybe that one with Bronny. If. If Bronny's, you know, does that come back and be able to play. Yeah. At an NBA kind of level. This could very well be it. Then the, uh, the new stars rule that they're going to try to implement as far as resting star players, mostly in road games. Yeah, uh, definitely. They said they're not allowed to rest two. And also, like, what's the definition of a star? Anybody with an all-star game appearance. Okay. I think it's within the last three years, though. I didn't see that. That could very well be the case. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense to me. I think it's fair. Yeah. Keep your guys eligible for all NBA teams and MVPs and all that good stuff. No, I didn't see, like, a minute uh, qualification. I'm going to look and see. He might just come out and play one minute and then go sit and say, well, we started him. So what are you going to do, NBA? I'm sure they have uh, some rules. What if he comes out and gets a court toe in the first minute and has to come out? (laughs) Court toe. (laughs) They all can't beat Kawhi Leonard. (laughs) That's a fact. So nothing about play time. It just says star players considered – all-star in the last three seasons. Um, healthy players can't sit out on national TV. Any star player being rested must be at the arena and visible to fans. And teams can no longer do long-term shutdowns of star players. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I still feel like it's kind of hard to enforce. Because how can you determine if a guy's actually injured or not? Well, they have to present that. Do they have, like, yet yeah, league doctors? They might. That's uh, the best way, right? Yeah, as long as it's not the guy who uh, was in Miami. <laughs> the guy who cleared Tua. But <laughs> I will say the punishments are kind of weak. Well, duh. 100000 for the first time, 250 for the second, 1.25, and then So it goes up exponentially in their weak punishments. I mean – for an NBA team, 1.25 is not a lot. Well, they're going to make the player probably pay that. No, because if I the coach yeah. shuts them down. I think a lot of the time it's the player that wants to rest. And what's, what's the organization going to do, say no? I didn't read this all the way before I said it was a week. After the third time, it goes up a million for every time after that. Yeah. Like I said, exponentially. So, so Kawhi Leonard is sitting out half the season, burns through half their pay. Yeah, $42 million. Yeah. Just paid up front. You might as well. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Shane, you want to talk UFC here. I do want to talk UFC. I didn't really watch the whole thing. I was was out. But I caught the finish. Caught the end of the first round. Shane saw his favorite fighter for the first time. Sean putting on a master class. That's wild. He has not seen any other Sean Strickland fight. But it is his favorite fighter. I I went back and watched the prayer fight. After. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm new to this. But again, to, for how much you claim to be a fan, I said it's almost I like a bandwagon because you didn't, you weren't a fan until he was fighting for the title. I said that I wanted him to win. I'm happy to see a new UFC fan being born. So give us your breakdown. Give us your fight analysis. Sean applied a lot of pressure the entire time, and in the first round, he was checking a lot of leg kicks, and he caught a few kicks, and then obviously that knockdown just off, threw Izzy off. Rest of the fight, Izzy looked like he was fighting scared. And usually Izzy's good off his back foot, but the entire time, I mean, he really wasn't throwing anything. 
and Sean was just piecing them up with jabs. I mean, Sean boxed him the entire time. With such a weird stance, too. Like, you can't really do anything when the guy has full... I wouldn't say it was a weird stance. It was an odd stance. Unorthodox. That's pretty common. I mean, maybe not in the UFC, but that's Floyd Mayweather's stance. Yeah, but for a full 25-minute UFC fight, it's not something well, you see. It is from Sean Strickland. Well, we've watched his fight, so we, we know that. It was fun to watch, though. Uh, no, me and Cam did mention leading up, like, we know Sean's going to pressure him, but we thought Izzy's very good. Like you said, off the back foot, good counterpuncher. Has seen pressure before and handled it pretty well. But yeah, and after that barrage there at the end of the first, got passive, got scared. And what was the final decision? Uh, I think it was 29, 26. That's impossible. Or, hold on, let me check. Like 49, 46? It might have Did been. Izzy get a round in? Izzy got one round. I think he won the second, no, third. And now immediate rematch, maybe in limbo? I don't know if he gets an immediate rematch because Izzy's lost two out of the last three. But he wins the rematches. He's won a rematch. The only rematch he got. And, I mean, I think they will do an immediate rematch. I don't know how that plays out because I think Izzy underestimated Sean going into it. So this time he's probably a little bit more prepared. But another thing that I thought was weird is that Sean said that his entire camp was spent wrestling. He did that. He does that every time. But, like, he didn't do any of it. He didn't wrestle yeah, he never all. does. Doesn't have to, yeah. Every single fight, Sean says his camps are all wrestling. Every single fight. So do you think in the rematch we actually see no. wrestling? No. Because no. I don't think he actually wrestles in camp. I, I don't think he does either. He's a great, uh, great on the mic and great at getting in his opponent's head. Yeah. If you're worried about the takedown, he's just going to jab you up. Yeah. See, now you're learning here. It's mind games. Strickland is all mind games. And he's very good at them. And he spars for like 20 rounds straight. Yeah, I did see that. So Yeah, cardio off the charts. Yeah. To go a full 25 with he didn't Izzy sit down. while pressuring, Yeah, nobody else can do that. And aggressive pressure. Yeah. yeah. Not just slight forward pressure like Pereira. Not technical forward pressure. Just walking here I am. The entire time. Hit me. Michael Myers-esque. Yes. Sociopath. <laughs> it works, clearly. Yeah. So if not Izzy, uh, Shane, who would you like to see Strickland fight next? I know Cannoneer was the backup, but Duplessis should be back by the time a rematch happens, so that would be fun to watch. Um, I've also seen a lot of talk about the Chimaev and... Um, Paulo Costa? Yes, the winner of that. Which this is what should happen, in my opinion. This is what would sell the most. You go Izzy versus Duplessis, winner of that gets the title match, in my opinion. Because everyone wants to see Izzy versus Duplessis, whether it's for the title or not. I'm with you. I think, um, let's say Izzy does rematch and loses again. Well, now you can't have him fight Duplessis now because Duplessis should be a title contender. Yeah. So get that fight out of the way. And then whether you get a rematch with Izzy or a new fighter with Duplessis, it's a win-win. Sean can now, he's champ. He can wait a little longer. <laughs> get that wrestling in camp. Oh, yeah. He's probably wrestling right now. For 25 straight minutes. Exactly. And 25 more on top of that. But what do you think happens with the winner of Chimaev and Costa? Chimaev, they'll, be, they'll be doing line for the next one, yeah, probably. He should, yeah, Chimaev has fought once at welterweight over the past three years. Um, all the potential in the world. Dana loves him, rightfully so. 
But I think a win over Costa should not give him a title shot right away. Because Costa's not even the number one. No. And Izzy destroyed Costa when they fought. Yeah. And Cannonier beat Strickland when they fought. So a lot of good matchups here. Good to see actually like five legit contenders yeah. up at the top of the division. Storyline matchups across the board. Yeah, for any of those guys. Mix and match. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, uh, Volkov took down our boy Tai Tuivasa. Submission. At a certain point, uh, giant size and strength does overcome wild man yes. throwing ability. Was not ready for Tuivasa with a lot of hair. Yeah, that was, that was kind of weird. And no shoey. Yeah, no post-fight, no, no post-win shoey. Unfortunate. Sad to see. And uh, I, I didn't see the Cape fight, but no, he looked pretty great. He did. Uh, every fight was pretty solid. Yeah. I'll go back and rewatch them when they come out. Uh, uh, I know Cape called out, said he wants Kai Car France. Ooh, I love that. Should be so a banger. Definitely should be a good, solid fight. And then this Saturday, a fight night with a title card. It's Mexican Heritage Night, so Alexa Grasso defends her belt against Valentina. On that same card, Kevin Holland against Jack De La Madalena. And the return of Raul Rosas, who I thought would have taken some more time off, but he's back in, ready, ready to, to go. Fight. He graduated. <laughs> That's all I needed. <laughs> no more school taking up my time. He's ready to go. I'm getting back in there. So, yeah, good, good fight night card with a title fight, man. You don't see that very often at all. With that, I think we're due for a stick pick here, boys. I think we are. Absolutely. And then some final cigar notes here to finish that up. Yep. So I'll let Shane pick out the bucket here. Give it a nice little shake. Shane reaching in and pulls out a large wrapper, which has to be none other than the Mortal Coil by CAO. One of my favorites from them. I think it's a Nicaraguan Puro Maduro. Goes for about 12, 13 bucks. I know they're available at pretty much any store now. <coughs> Bless you again, Shane. Uh, could never go wrong there, so let me tally up my final cigar notes. And uh, we'll let Cam go first here when he is ready. I'll say on the whiskey, too, uh, the longer it sat and opened up, that Sp lemon kind of went away for me. Yeah. But definitely, like, big, heavy caramel and butterscotch. Uh, so for the Espinosa 601 Limited Edition Black... Um, pretty solid throughout all the way. Uh, had a couple relights. The burn got pretty uneven towards the end. Uh, draw was a little tighter than I prefer. Uh, in the second third, I got a lot of like gritty earth and vanilla creaminess. And then to finish it out, some milk chocolate, leather, and cedar. Uh, very good flavor-wise. Uh, but my official grade is burn uh, three. Flavor was a 5 out of 5. Draw was a 3. Personal, 4. The flavor kind of carried that. And appearance was 4. It was a well-made stick. Uh, overall, that gives me a... Quick maths real quick. 17. Sorry. Yeah, Double check that. Need the calculator here? 19. 19 checks out. Uh, for me, the Don Pepin Garcia from, of course, my father. Not my actual father, unfortunately. That'd be cool. Could <laughs> have a, uh, a giant in the cigar industry in Jose Garcia. Uh, Appearance-wise, a three. 
not uh, not perfectly made. Definitely a lot of seams going on, but didn't affect the burner construction. Um, definitely clearly handmade, and I like kind of like the more rustic looking feel to it. Um, a little bit of oil on the wrapper as well. Burma's a four. I did let it go out once because my own fault there, but uh, when it was burning, nice and even. Draw also a four. Pretty loose. No complaints there. Not as much smoke production as I typically like, but uh, flavor-wise, a four. Complex, dark, as it burned. Some more of that coffee bean kind of came through. A little bit more like hay. That leather kind of stayed throughout. Uh, cream subsided, but I uh, didn't hate that. And again, mixed well with the whiskey. Personal three for a grand total of 18 out of 25. And now, the long-awaited return. Maybe our favorite segment. Maybe your favorite segment. Bums of the week. Dun, dun, dun. Shane, would you care to do the honors in naming our first bum of the week? We had to go the whole Aaron Rodgers situation. I mean, you come out, you play three snaps, tear your Achilles on turf that the players have been saying that they don't want to play on. On a cut block play where you had raised alarms about previously. And then after the injury to go and apologize for it. Sorry, kid. I mean, dude, that's rough. Right in the heart. After all that great buildup, hard knocks, him running out with the flag pregame. I was stoked. I'm not a Jets fan or a Rodgers fan, but man, that was so cool to see. This was their year. And then taken away so anticlimactically, just like that. Yeah. So again, we're not calling Rodgers bum of the week, but just the whole thing together. And what should have been a great narrative year ripped away from us. Up next. None other than the dropster, Kadarius Tony. New nickname? Not yet. I don't want to coin that yet. Redeem yourself. Uh, again, four drops on wide open passes. Definitely cost the game. A lot of crucial plays those drops were on, as well as a pick six. Unacceptable. You're a bum this week. Uh, a guy that will probably never be bum of the week again. We're going Joe Burrow. Again, bad weather. Maybe uh, calf's still not back to 100% or even 70%. But to play that badly, put up 82 yards total in a full three, three quarters. Four, did you play all three? Just, just three? I think he played three. Either way, you got to be better than that. In a division game to open the year up, after getting the biggest contract of all time, yeah. Come on now, Joey. That's tough. For this week, hopefully this week only, you're a bum. And I know you hope that for the next guy, too. Mr. Geno Smith. He'll rebound, I hope. We hope. Uh, Josh Allen, honorable mention. Uh, made it <laughs> Made it close. <laughs> made it a uh, debate, at least. But uh, overall, we decided to go with Geno. So, I honestly, I wish we could have faded away from quarterbacks yeah it helps having a tony in there but everyone stand out but overall skill positions kind of had a pretty solid week maybe just o-lines in general yeah maybe o-lines for chad white i'm sure Najee harris had a terrible game he only got six carries because they were down all game (laughs) so so much for Najee volume huh good for him (laughs) he got a week off (laughs) six carries 3.2 yards per carry checks out no 3.2 yards total Oh, my bad. Yeah, come on, don't. He's no AP. Come on now. Yeah, you're right. That average is way too high. 
Well, with that, Cam, go ahead and take us out of here. You know what we always say? Like and subscribe on YouTube to the Sports and Stogies. And follow us on all of our social medias, at Sports and Stogies, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, X, my bad. Dad Bryant. My shame. Uh, but you know what we always say. That's an To the moon. Thank you.